Hey guys, I got a special deal for you, our listeners, from our new sponsor, Audible.com. That's right. If you go to audibletrial.com slash firmware update, you can get set up with a free 30-day trial of their service that'll give you a free audiobook. The best part of that, you can cancel at any time, including during that trial period, and keep that free book that you got. Doing so not only gets you a free audiobook, but it helps the show out tremendously. You can select any audiobook you want, including Ready Player One, a futuristic story on the possible future of VR, or Extra Lives, a piece on why video games are art and important to our daily lives. So go do it. AudibleTrial.com slash firmware update. Once again, the book is yours to keep or stay with Audible and keep getting books every single month. Once again, that's AudibleTrial.com slash firmware update. So go get your free book. And welcome to the latest edition of the Firmware Update, Episode 203, Part 1, the Game of the Year Tournament. It's finally here, right at the right at the crack of February. Folks, welcome to our <laughs> latest edition of the Firmware Update. Thank you for bearing with us. It's been trying times, unfortunately. But I'm here, Malcolm Spinetti, joined as always by Only Hates Everything, Joe Garcia. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing just great. Excellent. And joining us once again, Tyler Lee. How you doing, bro? You just can't stay away. No, that's been the problem. We can stay away, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's just this whole time. <laughs> oh, Lord. Scheduling and work. Ugh. Anyway. Well, well uh, since, we, since we're doing this so late in February, uh, could I, can we throw out some of these games and insert some of the games that have came out this year? <laughs> oh, man. <No. laughs> Absolutely not. We were just said, no. I made this bracket. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking up Monster Hunter World quite a bit, and I'm sure as once once I get a chance to play it, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is going to be right up there too. Here, so but we're not here to talk about this year. We're here to talk about last year. So, folks, let join us as we get into the first round. So, Joe, give us the first matchup. All right, so I figure we go uh, we go in order here. We we li- we go from one through eight basically, and then the matchups, uh, you know, then you know match it up with whatever game is on the other side of it. So let's start with Zelda: Breath of the Wild as their number one seed, uh, taking on uh, the winner of our Cinderella bracket uh, of our last episode, Tekken Seven at number sixteen. Well, Tekken uh, Seven had a good run, didn't it? <laughs> All right. Indeed it did. Agreed. Tekken 7 moves on. Moving on to the next match. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I suppose. Listeners can't get that moment, I wonder. <laughs> I would kind of love to. A uh, friend of the show, RK Wisely, he was joking with me. He was like, I don't know how you beat a fighting game on replayability, but let, let's break. We, I, I feel like we've talked about Tekken 7 quite a bit. And, you know, it, it did win. And, uh, Begrudgingly, it won, but so, but let's talk about uh, Breath of the Wild. Which, uh, if I would ha- if we were giving awards for best Nintendo Switch game, I would have to say that this w- I would give it to this one hands down. I know about don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, like I, I, I might have to agree with you on that one, Malcolm. Uh, it really happens on this the, show, but the, the, <laughs> the Nintendo Switch had a ridiculously great first year. 
Uh, Had a great first not, day, consider <laughs> <laughs> with not one but two game of the year contenders, uh, you know, within the first calendar year of its release. So that's that's pretty incredible stuff uh, uh, for me. But for me, Breath of the Wild, it was just a little bit more special uh, uh, than Mario Odyssey was. So like, I would have to agree with your sentiment there, uh, Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, uh, what an enchanting game this was for a while. Yeah. Like. Like it, it still is. I'm just saying. I, I remember for that first month. That's all. We. I don't know about you, Tyler, but that's all me and Joe were talking about. We would just be like, "Hey, I, I climbed up this hill, and you wouldn't believe what I saw. I saw this big ass dragon. Like what? What it looked like? Oh, it's like the dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and it was like raining thunder on me. I was like, holy shit! And you're like, you know, you can shoot its horn off, and something comes off. Like, get that, get out of here. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it was like every day was like a new adventure with this game. It's like. Hey, oh, I climbed up this mountain and all of a sudden I burst into flames. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we all did that. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I kind of agree. That's, I mean, or I completely agree. That's pretty much how it was when I first got a hold of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I, I think that really speaks to how much there is in this open world game, which was a little sketchy in the beginning, you know, oh, it's going to be open world Zelda game. I don't know. But you know, when you play other open world games, like even with Skyrim, where there's a lot to do, there are just times after a while where it kind of starts to feel empty and Mm. breath of the wild never felt empty to me. I felt like there was always something no matter where I was. Yeah. It's like, there's not like a bit of the map that doesn't seem to have some air of mystery or some air of importance to it or what have you. It was right. It was very interesting. Like I remember one day I was just swimming out to sea as far as I could go just for shits and giggles. And I came across this Island, which a little did I know was a hidden shrine where it pretty much stripped me naked and I had to survive or get these. I was wondering if this was that part. Yep. Yeah, the uneven tide island or whatever it was called or something like that measure. I remember. Even tide. Like that. Yeah. Even tide, yeah. There we go. And uh, yeah. That's was, my favorite. That's my favorite Pearl Jam song. Like, <laughs> or you'd go out in the desert. Even tide. <laughs> Even tide. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Loved it when Raven used it in WCW or the knockoff of it. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Like, it was amazing. Like, uh, it's funny, and I know this is going to infuriate Joe, but, you know, Tyler was just talking about doing a Souls podcast, but you could easily see the comparisons. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, he, they heard it back in March, but yes, uh, <laughs> you can see the comparisons uh-huh. to the Souls game in this. It's like, which in turn, Souls took a lot from the original NES Legend of Zelda, which it's an adventure where you literally just wake up and go. There's, like, no explanation. You're just in this world, and you're just going and exploring. Granted, uh, Zelda's a lot less nightmarish than the Souls games tend to be. <laughs> it doesn't punish you for fucking up uh, the way a Souls game does. Mm. Um, like, there's plenty uh, of opportunity to fuck up, but it doesn't feel... Like, you don't feel like you've... Well, for me, I guess the difference between this and, like, a Souls game is that a Souls game feels, like, antagonistic towards the player in a way that I feel... I don't know, like, I, I feel like people kind of overlook what I think might actually be bad video game design, but that's just me. Okay. Okay. I'm so not going to get into this. It's like, but, there's quite but, a few uh, million who would disagree with me on that one. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're welcome to your 
uh, opinion, uh, though the you do bring up is. a good point. <laughs> <It's> been... <laughs> you do bring up a good point. Um, like... I never thought of Zelda like the Souls game before. Uh, but, however, in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I woke up and was like, I've played Zelda games before. This will be fine. Hey, look, there's my first enemy. I'm going to go fuck this guy. He killed me. Holy shit, he killed me. You can literally see the you died game over screen overlap it on a few occasions. Dude, this game, like, I will say that it's not... I don't think it's unfair or anything like that. I don't think Dark Souls is unfair for that. I was part. about but to say, yeah. I don't. I don't think this game is unfair, but the enemies aren't messing around, especially in the beginning. Like you, you can get one to two shot it pretty easily. Oh yeah, that's and part of the adventure. Granted, I did have some issues with this game. I'm I'm not one of the people that gave this game a perfect ten. It's definitely nine nine five for sure, but. There were some things I didn't like about it. Number one, uh, the weapon well, durability. Okay, game of 10 does make it perfect. What's that? That, as we all know, giving a game of 10 does make it perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, or saying it's close to it. I, I think it's a little farther from perfection. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a, a score of 10 means it's perfect. <laughs> it means it's flawless. No, then there's no <laughs> such thing. Then there's no such thing. <laughs> All right, so, but it's not a 10, any, regardless. Anyway, <laughs> like, that weapon durability thing can go jump off a bridge, as far as I'm concerned. Cause... Did that bother you? Yeah. It, it okay. doesn't bother me at all. It, it, well, I, I get why it, it bothers people. It just it didn't bother me, because at no point did I not have, like, 20 swords just ready. Oh. Yeah, and that, and, to not, and also, like, with a lot of other games where that doesn't happen, um, it's like you kind of tend to just find one weapon you like and use it for the rest of the 40 hours they spend in that game, whereas this kind of forces you to, like, all right, maybe switch it up either because you don't want to just, like, blow up all your weapons, you know, within 10 minutes. Or, you know, just kind of fucking around with, with what the different weapons can do. So it's like I kind of didn't – I didn't hate that. Well, that's, uh, that's the common point. argument that's given for that, to which, in my case anyway, I never understood. Because I always try every weapon at least once just to see how I liked it. Uh, same thing with with uh, Demon Souls. I've gone from great swords to spears. I even try out, like, knives and whatnot just for – Joe's going to hate Joe's going to hate this. I feel like we can draw so many parallels, actually, between Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild. Right? <laughs> but the problem came because, like, eventually there comes a point when it was just, like, dumb weapons that, uh, you know, uh, that that was one thing. But you start getting, like, interesting weapons, like uh, a spear from one of the champions, which I got. And because of the story, I felt sentimental to. So I didn't want to use ever use it in battle because I knew it was going to break. <laughs> or... When I first uh, went into to Ganon's castle, and I found a, a sword that was pretty much a copy of the Dark Master Blade, I thought, "Oh, this is cool! Shame I never want to use it." So I started getting like all these really cool one-off weapons that were such a pain in the neck to get. I didn't want to use them, so I actually had to build a freaking house in Terrytown just so I can put it on display, so I wouldn't have to worry about it breaking. <laughs> I actually, I did the same thing, not the building house part, but I did the same thing where I, I found myself with an assortment of, like, legendary or badass weapons because I didn't want to use them. So much to the point that I couldn't pick up regular weapons anymore. So I finally told myself, okay, I have to start using these. So that's when I started using the badass weapons, when I literally couldn't hold anything else. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, the counter to that is like if you I, I hate the the whole like, oh, they made it like that. So you'd have to go through weapons or whatnot. Like, you know, the, the other way around it is you make good weapons with good mechanics behind it and people will want to flip flop or you make a certain strategy around it. But now th- that's the most critical I'm going to get on this game, because, you know, like for a good three months, this game was like had my undivided attention as far as the Switch goes. I was taking it. Yeah, I played it basically for an entire month until Persona 5 came out. Uh, <laughs> like, it was literally the only game I played uh, for, yeah, and I put a solid 75 hours into that game, uh, which is doing a lot compared to what a lot of other people put into it. Oh, yeah, like, I will give you that. Like, March, it had my undivided attention, which was uh, one of the reasons that another game on this list, I had to back burner quite a bit, and that would have been Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. Which Yeah, I didn't play Horizon until like, like the end of the summer uh, because of because of this and like the other like 20 games that came out around the same time. I was like, uh. I played it for like a good solid week, then this came, or six, what was it, five days when the uh, between this, its release, and when this game came out? Uh, let's see. No, it's not even. It was like four days. Four days, yeah. For four yeah, days. Was around the no, no, three days. Three days, because Horizon came Nintendo, out on Tuesday. Because Nintendo releases their Friday. games. Yeah, Nintendo releases their games on a different day than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. so I actually, like, uh, took a couple of days off of work just because I knew, okay, three days, I don't know if this game, if, uh, I don't know how good Zelda's going to be, so just to be on the safe side, I took three days to play Horizon. But anyway, we'll talk more about Horizon in a bit. But anyway, this game here uh, was really a triumph. And I, I feel like I may be going out on a limb because uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Odyssey le- later, but I, honest, but I thought it was a good game too. But I feel like this was the year that finally Link, who is my personal favorite Nintendo character, finally beat Mario. Hey, high five, same. Yeah. So, so, like, this game was such, is a real achievement, and I hope it's the start of a good direction. Hopefully it's the end of durability and weapons, or get a blacksmith in there. Like, on this show, Tyler, like, the joke of Hyrulean steel became a running gag on the show. It's like, well, that, <laughs> this explains why Ganon keeps taking over. They can't build a sword to save their lives. <laughs> They're just, yeah, everything keeps falling apart because it's, it's shitty craftsmanship. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it would be cool to be able to, like, you know, buy weapons, basically. You know, like, good weapons that you, you know, kind of like. Mm. Uh, sucks that the only thing you can do that with is, like, the Asian weapons, and you need, like, yeah. crazy ancient parts from, like, Guardians. Uh, to make even a single weapon, so it's like that, yeah, yeah, and God, the well, that the guardians though that were in the shrines though, I they were so much fun to fight, so mm. I never really minded. I like uh, the the major tests of strength, the, and like that's where it turns into Dark Souls right there. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Dark Souls doesn't have anything on those freaking like HP Lovecraft slash steampunk. Uh, what are they? God, what were they? Were, is that what? What were they called? Oh, the ancient guardians. Are you talking? Yeah, about? the ancient guardians. Yeah, not the ones that you not not the like normal size ones you find in the shrine, but yeah, the ones that are like littered around the castle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Dark Souls doesn't have anything on those fucking things. <laughs> uh, I gotta ask you, Tyler. Like, uh, I love the gameplay. I love the exploration. Could have done with a little bit more music. I mean, the few times you do get music, it's very nice and poignant, but I felt it didn't quite have the soundtrack that past games did. But um, 
One uh, bit of contention that I had in this game is I've really, there were certain parts that I wish Link had a voice or if. Mm. Well, when, when you see all the other voice acting in the game, maybe it's for the best. Oh, <laughs> like as much as, I, as much as I like that game story uh, or the parts that I like about the story, it's it, the voice acting isn't a part of that. The voice acting is pretty bad. That's it. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's it's bad. It's definitely subpar. Um, Zelda's voice acting really bothered me. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like Zelda. Like her whole story, where she was like getting annoyed with this destiny and was actually actively trying to do something. Oh, oh no! I I think the writing and the story was was really well done. It's the the vo- the voice acting itself is just is kind of what bugged me uh, with Zelda. But I I got I got through it because I could tell the writing and the story was, was really well done. So yeah, I, I liked that. Just the, her, I don't, I don't know what it was. Just her voice acting sounded so forced. Like, uh, didn't the Japanese, uh, soundtrack for this game come out a while ago too, for, as like a download? Well, what's different so. from that? From well, a Japanese if you, Cause if you don't like the American voice acting, then surely the Japanese voice acting might be better, as games like Yakuza have taught us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That, thank you. Um, that, um, as far as Link voice, um, like I can, I can see that. I hear, I hear people say that about a lot of Zelda games, and I'm, I'm fine with him not. But I will say this was one of the first games where there were moments where. I kind of thought I didn't have a problem with it, but I kind of played with the fact that it's like, be cool if he like said something right here or yeah. had a conversation with her. Well, because they treated it like that he does talk. We just never heard it because Zelda even talks about how they've had they had conversations. She said he doesn't talk much, but she did talk about how they talked about things. And I remember thinking he never talks to me. <laughs> you ever watched him? <laughs> you guys ever told him? <laughs> Uh, you guys ever watched The Good Place? The Good Place? Oh, it, <laughs> that's a Netflix show, isn't it? No, it's on NBC, but the first season is on Netflix. And, ah. <laughs> and uh, one of the characters is a Tibetan monk who doesn't speak. <laughs> and like everyone's always asking him for advice, and he just doesn't say anything to him. They're like, how wise. <laughs> uh, no, so the voice acting didn't really, or the link not speaking didn't really have anything, anything negative. Uh, I do agree with you with the soundtrack. Um, cause Legend of Zelda always has such great music and I, and I missed it. Like I get why you don't want to play like something while you're doing open world. Cause you risk, you know, if someone stays in one spot for too long, the music getting old, um, mm. or getting annoying, but yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I remember thinking, wow, the music's great when it's here and I miss it <laughs> while I'm walking around. Um, but, but that oh, is really my... But go ahead, Joe. Like I feel like the the sparseness of the music kind of worked in its favor because once it did come in, uh, like it really it really punctuated a lot of great moments in that game. Hey, Joe, you know what? Other game does the exact same thing and works really well with Dark, mm. Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Joe likes everything about Dark Souls. He just doesn't like the game. Yeah, yeah, correct. Like he likes <laughs> that they present. But then when they put it all in, like, a single package... Yeah. Like, congratulations, congratulations to Nintendo for finally making a good Dark Souls game. <laughs> uh, I, will give Joe, I will give Joe some backing here, like, as we've learned from the whole Heavy Rain debacle. It's like, it's okay. I'd rather him admittingly not play it, but he'll still give the game respect. Because 
the times when he just outright refuses to see anything good in this in a product where it's actually very highly respected and like that's that's when he's his most infuriating right there what's an example what is an example of him not giving due respect i'm just trying to cause heavy rain between the two of you heavy rain that's the one we're gonna go with okay well, we it's a, I, we can't use it now terrible. because apparently they're terrible people. But just I don't know the the main guy, the people who worked on the game aren't terrible people. We don't know them. Yeah, the, yeah. the main the main guy is just a it's, trash human being. I, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> a terrible game designed by Heck. But, uh, well, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Joe has because because even I remember, um, I remember from you know PS Uni days, um, Joe has hated that game's very core from the beginning. Mm. But anyway, which hey. brings us to our next game, Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in general, this game was an awesome experience. It's that's what it's an, an experience, is how I would put it. And it's one of the few games that I really recommend you play it without any video guides or without strategy guides. You just go in blind because that's when the game is at its best, especially if you have a friend. You know, such as Joe, where we were playing it together, you know, not together, but separately. And we were talking about our experiences and we were learning about little things. And the game is actually mechanically really smart. Like you can create a fire and because fire creates this updraft, you could jump over it, open the parachute and you'd be thrusted up in the air. That's one of my favorite things about that. That's such a great attention to just thermodynamics in general. I mean, they're, 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 the attention to detail, like, throughout this game is really the, the mind reels at the, the sheer yeah. scope and scale of it. Um, I got I to ask, did you guys, because I didn't, I did not have a problem with this. It got annoying at times, but I did not have a problem with it. I'm glad it was in the game. Did you guys hate the fact that you couldn't climb stuff when it was raining really hard? Uh, yes, because <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's such a critical part of exploring that world where... It, and okay, then all of a sudden, for six or seven minutes at a time, it's like, actually, no, you're going to sit your ass here until it stops raining. It like, annoyed well. me, but I, <laughs> I liked that it was there. I don't know. Because cool, everything else was just like, hey, you can grade up draft with this fire, and stuff like this happens, and we're going for a little bit of realism here. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll find another way to do it. I'll go walk around, or I'll wait till it stops raining or something. Uh, I, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I like that it was there. I, I remember... Like, I, Go ahead. I mean, I I guess I just wish they handled it differently, like where it's like, like there's like just literally no way you can climb at all while you're up there. Like maybe at least make it slower or make it so it's not so extreme when you slip down. <laughs> like make it so it's at least possible to to still climb. Well, it never rained for very long. I mean, or you just go to a different area or something. But well, I mean, half the time that it it did that though, it's like when I was like, oh, like I have pinpointed this area in the map and i i'm dead set on going then all of a sudden it starts fucking raining as well. i do Fuck. feel like it i do feel like it waited until you needed to a lot of the times because there was way too many times where i was about to climb something and it started raining yeah. uh, uh but red, anyway red moons were also annoying like did you see the one guy who was fighting ganon and right as he was about to kill him, the Red Moon this, animation hit, and he got back to full health. That is, like, I can't get mad at the game for that, because there's that would never happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's the worst timing ever. Yeah, that that just feels like, um... That just feels like a, an oversight. Like, like I feel like, in, in hindsight, obviously, if they were to test that, like, they're like, alright, make it so that 
that cannot ha- that cannot happen, you know, in this fucking one critical instance of the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I there's like there's technical reasons for why they do that. Like it's annoying, sure, but it's like like yeah, you know, your your Nintendo Switch only has so much fucking RAM that it can store dead enemies inside of, <laughs> and it needs to clear that cache somehow. Uh, so re- you know, Red Moons are the answer to that, uh, so that the game doesn't get fucking chugged down like you know like Skyrim did back in the day. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I I I, I didn't hate I don't it. Know. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hate it. Because usually it's not like I stuck around in an area like after I fucking cleared an area. Like it would suck if it would happen as I was clearing an area, but like you know that like very rarely did it happen while I was you know I was like at an enemy camp or something. Yeah, yeah never never really. It happened one time while I was in an enemy camp, and uh, it actually gave me. That's another reason why I love this game. It gives you such great moments. It happened while I was in an enemy camp where I'd climbed all the way to the top of their uh, little fort. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I turn around, and they're just all coming at me. Like, they're all back from the dead. And they're <laughs> like, hey, Tyler, now there's 30 of us again, even though you stealthily killed all of us. And I had I had been shooting fire arrows because I just I played with fire in this game. Like, screw it. I'll burn everything to the ground. So there was a giant fire between us. So I just kind of looked at him and was like, bye, losers, and just jumped <laughs> off and parachuted away. So it gave me that great moment of, like, you killed all of them. Oh, now they're all back. Zombies going to get you. Later, uh. guys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if nothing else, it would have been my game of the year just for that moment. Like, when that happened, I go, this is the greatest game of all time. Uh, I should just stop at this point. Yeah. I I have to tell you, so we could go on, I feel like, for the next two hours about this game. But we definitely have to move on. Yeah, Uh, so. We're going to have to talk about it it again later. Yeah, so, so, like, I'm I'm saving a lot of my my heavy ammo uh, on Breath of the Wild, both positive and negative, for for later rounds. All right. So, congratulations. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty uh, unanimous here. That, All right, yeah. congratulations to Tekken 7. Is. <laughs> well, the greatest Tekken 7 is, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild pretty handily takes this round. All right. Um, and and we, we did speak pretty lengthily about how great Tekken 7 uh, yeah, yeah, it should it should uh, be proud. It made it into the big boys tournament, and <laughs> the big it just boys. <laughs> it might have gone a little bit further had it not hit this one right here. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it was... In any other year, like Tekken Seven would have easily taken a higher spot in this tournament. Like, uh, I can see a couple games on this list right now that if it went up against it, I would have chose Tekken Seven. Not very many, <laughs> not very many, but but a few. Um, but yeah, like we basically every round of the of the Cinderella tournament, we talked up uh, Tekken Seven pretty pretty well. If you want to hear it, go check out our last episode as well as my pause of astonishment as it won. But anyway. <laughs> So congratulations, Zelda Breath right, of the Wild. I almost spit my pop out when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, moving on. So let's move on to the second round here. So we got this one's one of those ones where it's hard to call. In fact, there's a lot of matches on here that are well, let, actually let's let's go to the we'll we'll go in order for the number for the seed number. So let's go to number two. The opposite opposite side. Oh, of the I bracket. thought you were talking about this one, Malcolm, and I was like, "Are you fucking joking? Did yeah, all for you? Like, <laughs> okay, but you were talking about a different one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, Malcolm was reading top to bottom. I'm, I'm going to the opposite side of the bracket here to number two, number two seed against the number fifteen, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Versus uh, Mario and Rabbids, uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. What an egotistical prick this Mario guy is, huh? He has to face himself <laughs> in, in, in uh, the first round. Can uh, I? Okay, I, I just want to say, I didn't think Mario and Rabbids would be a good game. No because one it, did. Because, <laughs> it, because, can we be honest, it shouldn't. It no, shouldn't be. Absolutely not. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. It, <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, it's, 
game. Like I was expecting, Joe, like Joe was talking about, like it was the second coming, and I was like, oh, "Calm down, man! It's Mario and rabbits. How good can it be?" And it turns out it was pretty good. So turns out <laughs> XCOM is pretty fun when it's Mario and rabbits. Okay, granted. Turns out that gameplay formula is actually pretty good, just in general. Um, oh, yeah. There should just be more of those types of games, but I digress. Yeah, um, yeah and it's weird that, you know, your two options right now are, you know, Alien Shooter or Mario plus Rabbids. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing, universe, whatever you're saying. Um, you going to play it for that DK update? <laughs> um, I was unaware of that. Um, but, yeah, like, before we... And again, this is this is another matchup where it's like, yeah, this isn't close. That's <laughs> um, no, it's really. Not. But I, I feel like we should take this time to to kind of talk up Mario and Rabbids' phrases a little bit. You know, like 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 Tyler said. You know, when when they first leaked that uh, that key art for the game a couple of weeks before E three, and it was just a logo and the art, everyone's like, "What the fuck is this trash?" Uh, and then they showed off at E3, and you're like, I want to play this immediately. <laughs> it's like, this looks awesome. Uh, and then, you know, but, you know, even then, it's like, all right, you're still a little apprehensive because, you know, Mario plus rabbits. You know? <laughs> uh, but, you know, you play it, and it's it's really fun. Like, you know, that's just, you know, the fact that it's a, an ex, a great XCOM clone. But, you know, like, this, there's a lot of fun, like, just moments in that game, uh, just kind of as as you kind of mess around with, like, what if these Mario characters were rabbits or whatever? <laughs> like, there's this one part in the game where it's like, what if? <laughs> where, um, where the fucking Donkey Kong rabbit, I think, or or I forget what what character was it. Like, there's an opera scene where, uh, basically, all, all he does is just dress, just fucking dunks on Mario the entire time. He's like, <laughs> where he's like, on. where he's like, yeah, it, like it's me, Mario. It's like, yeah, the only three words you know. <laughs> like, <damn. laughs> like Fuck, Nintendo approved like, this. Boom! All right, burn. Um, this, this good stuff. Like it's a, it like, like it was easy to be like cynical about like the rabbits and their particular brand of humor, but like it actually works really well. Like it's a game that's actually written pretty well, uh, and doesn't like there's a there's still a heavy reliance on fucking toilet humor and all that, but like it's it's still pretty good. Like I I, I came away from that game very pleasantly. Right, can I can I discuss one thing really quick here? I know we're strapped for time, but but. Playing Mario Odyssey, uh, what were the rabbits in there called? Uh, broom, broomildles or whatever what were they called? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> what were those rabbit enemies called? Fuck. Oh, uh, Bromidals. No Bromidals. But anyway, the, the freaking wedding planners there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't help but feel like they were supposed to be rabbits. Like this was going to actually be a bigger crossover than it was, and there were going to be bosses. And then Ubisoft's like, well, we want our rabbits to be beloved. They wouldn't be fighting Mario. Like, we're like, what are you talking about? We've already made the models for the characters. Like, we've made the boss fights and mechanics. Like, no, could you take them all? All right, fine. We're going to make them look stupid. Because <laughs> the entire time I'm, I'm looking at the wedding planners, like, and don't get me wrong, they were fun boss fights. But the entire time, I'm like, this could have easily been the Koopa Kids. Especially uh, They were brutals. Brutals. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the brutal scars. Thanks for looking that up. <laughs> well, we, You're welcome. We like to be accurate on this show, but yeah, I, I felt like that, that that was the only like one of the. Well, there were a few things, but that was like one of the things I was like, "Oh, come on, dude!" Like Bowser has like literally a family of mini bosses for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what happened to the kids? Like they keep changing their mind on the family. But anyway, um, unfortunately, well, I can't go ahead. 
But yeah, but man, what a damn delight Super Mario Odyssey was. Uh, me and Sandra played through it together. <laughs> we would take turns. We'd go to a world. And we would stay there until we found, like, every single power moon. And then we'd move on to the next world. <laughs> <laughs> so um, much a fun fucking game. <laughs> yeah, like, this, by the way, is definitely a girlfriend, spouse, or whatever, boyfriend, or whatever relationship you have. This is a fun game to play with a significant other, where you're just taking turns. They're giving advice. Wait, throw your cap at that. And da da uh, now, Joe, this, so is what... also, this is also like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine Sondra playing Dark Souls. <laughs> but anyway. It, uh, oh, I, I, yo, you gotta do like a Let's Play where you record audio with you and her playing Dark Souls, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> that might be one for the show. Uh, and then you message me immediately when you post it, because I have to watch it. Uh, but yeah, like... Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, like, let's, I did have some qualms with it. Before we, before I mention that, let's just get this out of the way. If you have a Switch and you don't have Mario Odyssey, I don't know why you bought a goddamn Switch for it. I mean, come on. But, Probably uh, for Breath yeah, of the Wild. Yeah. It's, like, okay, you, if you buy a Nintendo anything, you're buying it for the Nintendo game. Especially Mario and freaking Link, for Christ's sakes. But, yeah, for sure, you, you get Mario Odyssey. L- few little things I didn't like about that. Uh, the game here and there like for instance when you throw a cap at, a, at an enemy and it would just die did it piss you off the first time that happened what were you throwing it at when i like when, those... I, when the when the the objective of the hat was accomplished with what i wanted it to do well no no like like that that was like the key thing they advertise like you throw your cap and you take over enemies and they do and the, don't get me wrong they do that but like there are some enemies where nothing happens the thing just dies oh. I I assumed from the very beginning that it was just going to be like special enemies. Um, no, I mean, yeah, not, I mean, I'm not saying you get pissed off to the point you were like turn off the game and throw him out of the room. I was like, oh come on, I, I wanted to see what I he mean, would do. Like, I mean, I guess being honest, the first time I threw it at a, like a, a goomba and it died, I kind of like first split second went, oh okay, <laughs> you know. It, it would be like if you beat a boss in Mega Man and you didn't get anything. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Uh, there was what that. Is this trash? <laughs> uh, the ending. Someone defend the ending, please. <laughs> what, what was wrong with the ending? Are you freaking kidding me? What was wrong? With Someone the... defend, it, please. <laughs> it's like we're all of a sudden we're in an anime. All of a sudden. <laughs> Not only that, we're like, and we know how much Malcolm hates that. Oh yeah, that's like no. This is like essentially every low grade anime ever where. Suddenly we're in, like, don't get me wrong, it's, like, really cool and, you know, earmuffs people for the next minute or so. What are, what are low-grade, I'm going to regret asking this, what are low-grade animes? Like, hey, any anime that ends, like, how Mario Odyssey ended <laughs> is a low-grade anime. But animes don't end. But, you know, you finally get the big, the big uh, capture. You capture Bowser, or I don't know what the term is, take over his body, possess him, I don't know, but anyway... You possess shit. That's you, what this game is about. You possess Bowser and you're wrecking stuff. It's great. Would have been nice if you could throw a fireball, but aside from that, uh, you, you're wrecking shit. Okay, right? Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, now he's I'm on not... my side. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why do you need, I'm why do you need to throw a fireball? I'm not waiting to say why the ending was bad, but. 
Wait, so why would you need to throw a fireball in a situation where everything when you're, everything's collapsing around you? Like, all you got to do is smash your way out. Because you're Bowser. I don't give a shit. If I'm Bowser, I get to breathe fire or throw a fireball at least once. You're telling me a, a Bowser fireball couldn't have cleared away the rubble faster than him scratching it? Probably not, no. No, it would have because it's Bowser and he's awesome. Anyway, so you then basically fight the environment and you guys all escape. And it, it's weird, as in... Like, we just talked about Zelda, which added a lot to the to the canon. Odyssey kind of feels like it takes away from it. Like, the whole debacle where Mario's no longer a plumber, even though Bowser calls him a stinking plumber multiple times in the game, so I didn't get that. But So you get back to the moon, and uh, it looks like uh, Mario and Peach are going to finally, when I say hook up, I like, I don't know, hold hands or whatever the Nintendo equivalent <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, don't, say hook, don't say hook up, then. That's yeah, not what that means. That's, like, or get together. But then Bowser comes in and he starts offering her roses. And then Peach, I, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome, but all of a sudden she's like, oh, which one do I pick? And finally she just decides <laughs> to, and her choices are literally her kidnapper or the guy who just crossed the blasted globe fighting fighting a freaking shadow dragon. Can we t- that's another thing we're going to talk about in the segment. <laughs> okay, I did. If that, like, I did think it was super stupid when she was like, "Okay, who do I choose?" I was so, just like, "Really? This is bullshit." It's like, oh, I well, obviously she, she doesn't choose Bowser, but that doesn't mean she owes herself to Mario either. She's a she's that's a not what I that's not what I that's not what I said. Okay, at this point, not what I said at all. You know, what? her her choice to just say fuck this. I'm just going to explore all these worlds on my own. That's like, no, right. that would have been fine, but that's not what like. That's not what she had a problem with. She was just like, oh, who do I choose? And she's like, you don't have to choose anybody, but why it, is Bowser one of your choices? It, number one, shouldn't have been a question. Number one, <laughs> shouldn't have been a question. The kidnapper, being the kidnapper should disqualify you automatically. Also being from an entirely different species into question too, but uh, there's that. And then there's... Um, have you seen The Shape of Water, sir? <laughs> I, I, Fantastic I did, film. I, I heard good things <laughs> about it. I need to. I do need to see it. But anyway, hey, do you so, like? Do you like Hellboy? Of course, I like Hellboy. It's not anything like Hellboy, but it has to do with that universe. But, <laughs> he does look like Abe Sapien a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> that is, so wait, so wait. Do you not know anything about the? Never mind. You should watch the movie. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> We're gonna get like four matches done. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> so we. He, I'm gonna tell you something. She after turns this, him down, and I'm sorry. Like, look, I like I'm all for women having the choice and all this, but at this point, after all the shit Mario's gone through, at least acknowledge, hey, I would. I don't not saying I would, but I would definitely pick you over my kidnapper. <laughs> Throw Mario a freaking bone here, for Christ's sake! Uh, like that that whole ending, like I, I, like me and Sandra were trying to. Tr- figure out what the hell that all meant but but hey it was an experience and let's be you know what else annoyed me a little bit surprisingly the fact that there were realistic dinosaurs in there. okay some of the realistic looking more realistic looking stuff was like the shadow dragon weird <laughs> it wasn't like bad but when i was playing around that stuff i remember thinking well and being in like the city like the city's really cool and everything but it, i just weirded out when i'd get around the people and i'm like why are you normal and yeah, i'm and, not and why does mario look, not look like you it's like uh it's and like also think little things you think about like they did he what you see his house in the game but 
the whole thing with Yoshi is he's a dinosaur. And you were just, for years, I was like, okay, so this is Mario's version of a dinosaur. Okay, that's fine. Then you pop in this game, and there are actual realistic-looking dinosaurs. So now you're wondering, what the fuck is Yoshi? It's it's a lot of... Pretty much everything. Pretty much everybody in the Mario canon that we have been introduced to until Super Mario Odyssey, this game essentially tells us that they're all deformities. It's like, there are little things I didn't like, like the first time Bowser, like right off the bat, you know, it starts with Bowser and Mario fighting. It would have been great if it started off with a boss fight with those two, but I digress. Mario gets thrown off and Peach is like, Mario, and she's smiling. Like, <laughs> they cannot animate her to not be smiling. So she seems kind of cool with it, which I guess goes into the whole storyline where she actually does love Bowser to some extent. And well, so, you've heard the uh, you've heard the fan theory that the, the Koopalines are her kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen the Koopalings in this one. Like, we saw Pauline, but we didn't see the Koop the Koopalings. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> but, we got some B-side actors, but you're not going to give us the A game? All right. But anyway, I apologize. This is only because me and Joe never got a chance to do a review episode for Mario Odyssey. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, my vote is Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything to add. My vote is Super Mario Odyssey 2. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. Your vote doesn't count now. So, unfortunately. I'm still still interested. Really? Odyssey, obviously. (laughs) Like, he was the one who said, like, this isn't even a fight. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, let's let's, let's hit it. Let's keep this train rolling. All right. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just saw the next one. (laughs) So the next matchup between number three and number 14. Number three being Nier Automata and number 14 being Neo. Okay, that's not even fair how you said their names. Like, if it's not any more clear where you're going, (laughs) how you said their names. I mean, I felt like I read them both pretty normally, but all right. Yeah, it's like oh, you were like near automata or near. I think you spelled it wrong. Near automata, uh, whatever. I can't speak. Near. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I spelled that right. I like. I tried to say it three times, and I was just. And my body's just like, no, this is not a word. Like, all right, whatever. Near. Um, you said it with a lot of reverence, and then when you said Neo, you were just kind of like Neo. Like the four middle matches in this tournament, I feel like Joe created just to give me the finger this year. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, cause I liked Neo. I did. I really loved but, it too. But it's a, it's a Souls like. So I know Joe's uh, gonna shit on it. So. I mean, I didn't even play because I was like, it's a Souls like. Yeah. Well, there you go. Verbatim, <laughs> so, what he I, just said. <laughs> and I know how much reverence he has for Nier. And granted, Nier is a fantastic game from the little bit I've, I've got to play of it. Mm. But uh. I haven't played it all the way through, you know, seven times. Uh, and I just want to say with Neo, because, you know, I, I don't know how much uh, talk it's going to get for this one here. But one, I was really one of the guys pushing for it to be in the conversation for this year. Because I felt, because uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive that just because of how deep this year was, we didn't really get a lot of talk about it. Mainly because I, I feel like it was kind of like Demon Souls and that Sony didn't realize, didn't know if it was going to be considered good or not. And it came out and 
God damn, it was great. It, like, it's... Uh, I'll be know these are both PlayStation console exclusives. Okay, whatever. But anyway. So, <laughs> hey, hey, but with uh, Neo, I loved how they changed it up. Like, like, the Surge, I gave it a lot of praise for how I thought it changed up the formula of a Souls game. Uh, I thought Neo did the same thing in introducing combos and, uh, you know, actual tiers of armor you can get like and without turning it into goddamn am uh store you know having to spend money on microtransaction mess like no you play through the level over and over trying to get like higher tier stuff and thus improve your weapons and what have you and plus you can level up your use in that particular weapon as you got to know it and use it and the boss fights were all based on Japanese lore. It was actually really, really fun and interesting and watching these things play out and the strategy and like having to go through these battles. So like, it, it's wonderfully, it's wonderfully done. I really enjoyed my time with it. And it did a really good job telling story. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Telling story through just exploration and telling story through the boss battles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, and it controlled really well. Like, it had its hiccups. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. And, and also, Joe, um, it was also for PC. Same with Nier. Well, I'm saying... Well, <laughs> well, then you were completely wrong. They're not both <laughs> PlayStation exclusives. I said they're both console exclusives. Oh, there you go. Uh, did you say that? We have that recorded. Okay, I did. <laughs> yeah, Joe, if you put up too much of a sting, we're just going to vote for Neo out of spite. So calm down, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Let's <laughs> throw it in the trash. This will be how Malcolm felt when Tekken Seven just destroyed everything. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Over Hellblade, get out of here. Anyway, um, so then there's Near Automata, which, aside from having one of the best soundtracks out of. Uh, out of these games. I don't know about the best, but it had the best period, but it had one of the top, most top. An incredible soundtrack. Indeed. Uh, it also had like one of the most interesting, interesting stories. Like when you first play through it, you didn't quite get it, but it was a fun enough experience. But then you start the second game and you're controlling a completely different character. Well, no, well, I mean, the way it, it teases you too. Like, I mean, cause you know, like the, the you go through the first, well, I mean, and, and the word playthrough is, a little disingenuous because it's like all right the first playthrough is what it is and then the second one is very different and then the third playthrough quote unquote that's like a completely different thing altogether so like the word playthrough is a little inaccurate for for what near actually is oh i know they're they're paths more like it's more of a path than an actual playthrough a a path a path that's well over 15 hours that's (laughs) i'm sorry that's kind of a playthrough well but i mean the the subsequent ones are much shorter each time Look at you sweating. Calm down, dude. It's like, <laughs> careful with the buzzwords, Malcolm. Come on. <laughs> it's not a playthrough. Oh, God, God forbid I talk about Jesus. It's not a playthrough. It's a path. It's like, <laughs> they're not fans. They're the, they're the, they're the firmware update universe. Calm down, dude. Like, it's, I'm, not, well, I'm not even upset. What the fuck? I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you're sweating, dude. Calm down. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, the story I changed. Both, I, think, I think you both need to take a, take a bit of a chill pill here. All right. <laughs> Well, the way, anyway, the way it works, the, the end of the first path is it's, it tells you, it's like, all right, that was like that was neat, right? You should probably just uh, restart your save file. You're like, okay, cool. And you do, and like Malcolm said, you play as, instead of 2B, you start with 9S. You're like, all right, see what this little guy's up to. And like, 
like almost immediately you're seeing completely different things uh you know within that same space uh which is neat enough but like as you get you start approaching you know a lot of the same boss fights and you kind of like his whole thing is that he can hack as opposed to like 2b basically just being you know you know this badass warrior robot like 9s is like much weaker so his whole thing is like hacking into things to to kind of manipulate them so as you're hacking you know enemies that 2b was that you were fighting as 2b this time you're hacking them you're seeing completely different things getting a completely different perspective uh of you know the story and what was going on like once you fight like when you go to that carnival area or whatever um uh, and you fight that like crazy ass opera robot yeah um you know the first time he's like oh look at this crazy ass opera robot and you beat it up and that's it uh but as you're fighting it as 9s you hack into it and you're like oh you're actually seeing what the hell like the motivations of this robot actually are and the way it's interacting with other like robots in the world you're like what the fuck (laughs) like this is wild Like it completely throws you for a loop, and it's it's and it's just nuts. And then you get to the end of the and you know those those first two playthroughs or paths, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Um, like once once you get to the end of the second one, you know, like and you know, there's a lot of overlap or whatever. But the second time you go through it, it ends with like, and then next time uh, near Automata, like it throws like this completely crazy ass like interlude trailer at you. You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> You're like, what the hell? And you you immediately go and throw you throw yourself into a third playthrough or whatever. Uh, you know you load your save file again, and and it's just it just goes. You know, like it's it's a story that can only be told. Like what I love about Nier Automata is that it's like not only is it you know a great story, it's a story that can really only be told through this particular medium. Like what one of the, you know, like there's so many great story games that that you could you know adapt to like a comic book or a movie or or what have you. But like Near Automata is very uniquely a video game. Uh, you know, between you know the 9S hacking stuff, um, you know, the, the multiple playthroughs, all of it. Like it's it's just it's just great. Like it's just it's just such a great video game. Um You know and, uh oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No no go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, the way I've, because since I haven't got to play so much of it, but, I, you know, we were going to be doing this, like, I've looked a lot of stuff about Near Up, watched a lot of videos, and really just make me want to play it more and more and more and more. Like, I'm going to get to definitely playing fully through it rather than the couple of hours I've got with it. Um, the way it handles endings and stuff like that and subsequent playthroughs and stuff is really, and I'm sorry, Joe, and I, I promise I'm going to try and stop bringing this game up this podcast, but... Is really how I wish like Dark Souls handled its new game and new game plus systems. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, like where it's like yeah, you you play through it again, but you get like even more story or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like how kind of like how two did it, but like like near does it. Like it's almost completely different. Like it's stuffs in different spots, and there's different different things. You're a different person because you're going through the cycle again. Yeah, well, like, one of the great things, you know, those first two playthroughs um, of, of Nier Automata, you know, they, like, there's a lot of, like, the over, like, the story, like, the major, like, story beats are the same, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, like all, all the side stuff that you do, you know, playing as 2B, like, it's already completed as you're playing through 9S, you'd have to do it again, uh, you can just kind of hit the things that you didn't do the first time around, uh, which is smart, <laughs> Um which is how it should be. That's how you. That's how you get me to play a game again. Yeah, it's like, like um, you know, you keep a lot of the upgrades, uh, things like that. You know, your inventory. Like uh, I've already done the tutorial. I don't <laughs> have to do this. Just let me play. No, yeah, like it very much respect. Like for a game that people are like, oh, like that, it 
like the the idea of a game with like multiple playthroughs or whatever sounds intimidating, but it it like it like but it does actually respect the player's time <laughs> uh, in a way that a lot of games kind of don't. Uh, and yeah, like I mean, the story itself, like from from top to bottom, like it just kind of starts as is you know like yeah these you're just fighting this proxy war or whatever like these machines are fighting on behalf of humanity uh, to kind of take Earth back from these aliens. And their proxies, you know, these machines that have taken over the Earth. Uh, and, you know, it starts as that, but as it goes on and on, it just gets bleaker and bleaker. And the reality of what's actually happening in that universe is like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> like, everything is everything is awful. I just want to curl up into a ball and die. Uh, <laughs> it's like the most negative thing I could say about Nier Automata is if you actually did the research like apparently this is based like the in the entirety of the world of near and i'm not just meaning this game but the previous near game that came out is based on one of the bad endings of uh the dragon guard series yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, yep. like i had to i watched like a 30 minute youtube video trying to explain this shit and i'm like oh you know what i'm just just gonna experience the game. It's like, it's <laughs> Not, like when, when I finally got to all the way through uh, Automata, like I, I went to Wikipedia, it's like, all right, so I'm in the original year or whatever, and I was like, huh? Like, I didn't know any of that either. I was like, Drakengard. I was like, like those Drakengard games are part of this too. Yeah, uh, I know, it's, and it's like, like one of the to, false. Like I'm never gonna play them, but it's like it was weird to think about. Um, and that, and that's so that this game's credit as well. Like I've never played the original Nier. Like I didn't play any of the Dragon Guard games. But you can go ahead and just dive right into this and just get, uh, just you know, get the full impact of what the story is. Um, and you know, there is, you know, looking into those Wikipedia, those wikis and whatnot. You know, it's like like you realize, okay, there is a lot of character overlap or whatever. Uh, like those two medical uh, androids or whatever that are at the resistance camp. Mm. Uh, apparently, they play a pretty huge role in in the original Nier, uh, and <laughs> and there's a very dire reason as to why they're treated so poorly in, in Automata, uh, and that ties into you know the last Nier game. But you know, like it's not stuff that you need to like know about uh, as you go through through Nier Automata, um, which is great because <laughs> like I. Um, yeah, which is great because it's like I I don't have fifty hours to put into four other games uh, each. Uh, Sucks being an adult, don't it? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, this is like the worst. This is like the worst industry to do part time, like <laughs> video yeah. games. No, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man. Um, from from top to bottom, from like the 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 story of Nier, like all, like all of it, like it's it's one of my favorite games. For me personally, it might be my favorite game of, of 2017. It, 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 Damn, man, just just one of, one of just I just think it's a, it's it's a special game. Yeah, I think like I never thought I'd hear Joe say something like that. The same year a Persona game came out. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Yeah, um, so that that's crazy to hear. Uh, just to go back to Neo really quick, uh, something that uh, Tyler touched on that I really do want to give emphasis to. Like, if you were playing like. There is a story in Dark Souls, but you really have to dig and to see it. Like, it's and it's yeah. an amazing story. It is, and so it is like, an absolutely amazing story. But yeah, they like it's basically told you, through item descriptions, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's told through item descriptions. It's told through where you find the items, like, and it's told through sold. Well, they're technically items, so yeah, item descriptions where you find the items and interpreting dialogue and you know, stuff that happens. So you, 
I've talked with a friend about this. Uh, when you play the Dark Souls games, if you just play them all the way through and don't read any of the item descriptions or anything, you get enough of the story to understand and tell someone else like what it is. It's like, yeah, you're this guy, you're this undead, and you got to beat this guy because you're trying to, you know, blah, blah, blah. You, you can give them all the, the beats, and it's just fine. If you really want to know the completeness of the story, though, yeah, you got to read, like, everything. And it's an amazing story, but you got to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, with Neo, if that was one of your problems with Dark Souls, like I would really love to know what's going on. Well, Neo <laughs> kind of tells you, so don't don't love to know what all this shit is. It's like you know why you're there. You know why this uh, guy sailed to Japan and what he's doing and what you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish in each area. And it's an actual really good story too, and with some really interesting antagonists. And yes, there is a central antagonist you're trying to take <laughs> down this time. So. Uh, I feel like it does like a lot of things right. I feel like it's a really solid. Like if you're look, if you're tired of waiting for the next Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and you're looking for something that'll quench that thirst, I thought I think feel like we got two games that did a good job with that, and one of them is Neo. I think Neo is one of those where because they throw this around so much ever since the first Dark Souls came out is Souls like games. Mm. And it gets thrown around so much, and it doesn't mean anything hardly anymore. Because um, they, they just cuphead souls like for Christ's sake. Well, and <laughs> they call things souls like when things are, are are hard. That that's what they do. When really the difficulty of the Souls game is really one of the lower layers of it. There's more to it, but Neo, I feel like, is good for that title. It's it's Souls like. If you like the souls games this will be very familiar to you yet it's different enough for you to have like a unique time with it yeah all right so let's start with joe joe um really (laughs) well let's get the obvious one out of the way joe which one are you voting for um well i think it's that i think it's no question it's it's near automata like that's that game is like that game is a tour de force in my in my heart, man. Like that game, like from its story, from from you know its character design, its music, all of it. Like, like the character, like each of the characters in that game are are all just really well thought out and fleshed out. Um, it's got Prince Noctis in it too. <laughs> yeah, he's a voice um, actor for Adam. But just so you know, is he really? Yeah, he is. That's him. <laughs> That's all oh, I man. can hear when I hear him talk. It's, it's not this. <laughs> oh man, like the characters, like the the situations, like that game, like uh, oh man, like like the the the, the whole like pacifist you know machine colony and the way what happens in there is just like one of the most tragic things I've ever seen in like a video game. Mm. Um, just oh man, just top to bottom, it's, oh, man. It, I I for me, it's not even close. Like it's near. One thing I want to interject. Because uh, Joe was like, oh, in the second playthrough, it gets crazy. Let me tell you something. The first playthrough is pretty freaking crazy just <laughs> in and of itself. Like, the second level where in the desert where you get to those robots, I saw some things that I can never unsee. In a- <laughs> it's like, thing- like, literally the last things I was expecting to happen start taking place. And uh, it leads to a very interesting boss fight that really tells the story of this newborn creature and it's starting to adapt and learn through the course of the fight. And suddenly it went from being a breeze to, oh, God, he's fighting back now. <laughs> so, like, I just wanted to throw that out there as, like, a tip, like, 
I don't want people thinking they have to play for 15 hours for it to get weird. No, 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 dude, you're in for a ride. Strap in. <laughs> From the first playthrough on. Strap like, in. All right, so Tyler. I, I get to go next? All right. You get to go next. Uh, despite how much uh, how much fun I had with uh, Neo, and despite the fact that I've only played a little bit of Nier, um, you know, I have a feel for the industry, obviously, like... <laughs> Hi. It is near. Like it's not. Neo's not gonna top near for what near does and for what near brings. And from what I've heard and from the little bit I've played, uh, near is a near automata is a very special game that you know a lot of games can learn from. So I, I so what you're as much as is... I like Neo and as much as I and as much as I put more time into Neo than near automata, I. I know when something deserves to win over something else, and it's it's near. You hear that, Joe? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I just want to say what you're saying is it doesn't come near to near. It is. Uh, for what it's worth. I'm glad Malcolm got to the show. Uh, <laughs> I'll laugh at my jokes if you guys don't want to. <laughs> I, just, I just clapped for you, so it's fine. All right. I, 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 for what it's worth, I would have voted for near, too, because... I, and I'll tell you why, like, because number one, everything Joe's saying, I just want to stress, is 100% true when it comes to this game. It, it is solid. But it's talking with other people who have played this game, like Joe and uh, like Sandra's best friend, Victoria, who played through it. And she's just, I can literally see her cycling through emotions and processing everything she saw. as She's like, they're all saying the same thing. You need to play this game. And don't get me wrong, I think Neo will become a very solid exclusive console exclusive for PlayStation going forward. And I feel like they really have something solid on their hands with Neo. But Nier really turned some heads, and it gave a really defining experience for it, which I'm very happy to hear that it's that it is selling well and doing so well. So yeah, I I would sweep it and give it to Nier as well. I'll uh I'll buy it and 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 give it a give it a proper playthrough as soon as it's not uh fifty to sixty dollars still. It's not so pretty regularly on PSN. You can get it for I, yeah. I'm 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 basically like every few days. There's like a few games, and here's one of them that I look on uh, the PlayStation Store, and I'm like, "You on sale? You on sale? I'll get you if you're on sale." <laughs> so I'm just waiting. Like I got it yeah, for like 1999, yeah. like ages ago. Yeah, yeah like I'm I just sad made... that I I'm sad that I missed that one. Which I mean, I miss sales sometimes because you know you got things to do and you just don't notice the sales. But if it was 19, if it goes on sale for 20 bucks again i'll buy it like seven times jesus all right well we'll keep an eye out for it and text you then we get a message from you from joe and it's just gonna be exclamation points he's like it's get it now it's on sale right now. all right so with that congratulations to Nier and joe let's get to the fourth matchup yeah number four versus number 13 persona 5 and number four South Park, the fractured but whole at number thirteen. Again, should we let should we let Joe go and get the obvious out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> now I don't want to get through this matchup without singing the praises of both of these games because these are both games that I enjoyed quite a bit. Okay, so you did play South Park. I didn't know if you got a chance to got, get that one. No, yeah, I played all the way through it. There's another one that shouldn't have been as good as it was. I yeah, because like. that that's another game that kind of had everything kind of stacked up against it. You know, like the first, uh, you know. The Stick of Truth was was developed by Obsidian. Uh, this was developed by uh, an internal studio, Ubisoft, I believe, the, the San Francisco studio. Um, you know, and the Stick of Truth, you know, that game played 
perfectly well, but they're like, you know what, let's just scrap the whole battle system and make something completely different. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, if it ain't broke, let's just break it. <laughs> and that's probably, I think it probably plays better than the last game. Did. I would definitely yeah. agree with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that, that, battle so. that battle system, the battle system here is way more engaging than it was, than it was, you know, the stick of truth. Um, and, you know, the, the writing is still as sharp as it was before. Um, you know, you're getting basically another season's worth <laughs> of South Park with this game the way you did last time around. Um, uh, just, just really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm honestly split on this. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know who to choose. Like, so I'm gonna rely on the two of you to uh to convince me one way or the other because I honestly need help. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, going off what, piggybacking what Joe said said uh, South Park. I, I feel like it surpassed everything that the previous game did. Not only in length, which the, even they make a joke about how short that one was. But, you know, the boss, yeah. fight, <laughs> the boss fights, the outrageousness of the whole series, like a lot of the stuff they do and uh, the characters and the abilities and the ability figuring out how to strategize on how to use these characters to take on certain bosses or optional bosses. Uh, the soundtrack I thought was really great. The jokes are sharp. The callbacks were fantastic. And, uh, it, uh, like it's like, I, I don't want to like say experience, but it is like a re a fun game to behold. If you're a South Park fan of any kind, this is like one of the most faithful, obviously, cause the creators worked on it, but one of the most faithful and, uh, great depictions of the series. It feels like you're playing, playing a season of South Park as Joe, Joe said, and you're getting like a season's worth of content, right, right there. And the whole story, oh my god! Like I don't want to give any of it away, but <laughs> why? Why don't you want to give any of it away? You spoiled Super Mario Odyssey. Did I? <laughs> and we talked about near like through three playthroughs, but well, you don't want to spoil South Park. Well, because, but believe it or not, as much as Joe may seem like he talked about it, we didn't really talk about it. So trust me, we didn't spoil anything. And as far as Mario, let, let's be honest, who actually plays Mario games for the story? I mean... Well, true, but it's also the the first Super Mario game with an actual spoiler in it. You're like, wait, right. what? <laughs> As long as we're not lumping Super Mario RPG into the who plays it for the stories, then okay. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what was the point we were about? Uh, he said, I don't want to spoil the story. Oh, yeah. You should probably just go ahead and spoil it if you need to make a point. Uh, realistically, we're, we're not going to get another chance to talk about this game. Well, well real quick, though, do you watch South Park? Do you, are you familiar uh, with Um No, I am actually not a South Park fan at all so it's very telling that you to... bought this game yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a test of how good these games actually are that's oh, a yeah. that's a fair point i was you bought a south park game you don't even watch south park you wouldn't even give neo a, a try uh because i know how neo plays oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> it plays like games i don't like uh, i was actually asking tyler like if i said this character is the actual <laughs> bad guy would you even know who it was I know who you're talking about. I haven't watched South Park in a while, but I used to watch it all the time. All right. The the, the evil... Okay, spoiler coming in the next 10 seconds, or 15 seconds, so skip ahead now. The main bad guy is Mitch Connors. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's like, just hearing that, like, oh my god. 
and the whole thing with him and uh, Stan continues. It's like we're like they they know what what's going on. So. Uh, but <laughs> but oh my! Like the story is just fantastic. Uh, Butters is like in these video games. He's like my favorite character, just for like the <laughs> the banter alone and of his character. He has yeah, he has the best banter in definitely. And just, I do like Butters a lot. Like he's probably my favorite South Park character, if I'm being honest. Oh god, yeah, and th- he can actually be Professor Chaos this time around, which is even better. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and I never thought I would say this in a review, but the fart mechanics are actually done really effectively and actually can change the flow of battle in your favor, so. The farting and the shitting are superb in this game. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some great shitting. Like, I feel like if this was, like. That's a a, a dumb, but kind of, this is a fun kind of collectible thing. You go around. You can go all around South Park into different people's houses in different, like, public areas, and if you find a toilet, you can shit in it. And it counts as like a collectible, basically, if you successfully complete <laughs> the mini game. And that is the perfect thing for a South Park game. It's pretty good. Oh my god! And it's like only in a South Park video game could Jared from Subway be a boss that you have to fight. And and that's a hundred percent true, by the way. You do fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, I know. <laughs> or what's the narrator actor? We got Morgan Freeman. Morgan, yeah, Morgan Freeman is a boss fight in this game too. An optional boss fight. <laughs> An optional boss. Yeah, <laughs> he helps you for the rest of the game. And he narrates the whole fight, which is even hyster- more hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, there's so many good things. Like this game is such a fun time. So I and plus it does a superb job of making fun of the whole uh, superhero movie movie uh, deals that are going on right now. Poking fun at both Marvel, DC, Netflix, uh, how the these movies tend to go. It even like does a great callback to one of the jokes you hear earlier in the movie to the very end of the game. But it is uh, it's it's a great time, great great fun game. Like I would very much recommend it to anybody who is teetering on it, or even even if and don't feel like you have to be completely caught up on South Park to enjoy it. As Joe mentioned, he does he doesn't like South Park at all and he enjoyed the game just fine. So which brings us to Persona Five. I like, oh, that, man. Our, I like that our selling point for games is Joe liked it. <laughs> Put him on a kicks box, my God. I mean isn't that the highest mark of quality? The game that I like. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyways, tell us about be... Persona Five, Joe. Yeah, yeah, Persona Joe. Five is one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. It's of really all, good. Of, of all time. It, uh, this, my my man, have you played Persona Five? Because I, I played... yeah, I've, yeah, I played, I played uh, quite quite a bit of it. Because um, I played through it twice. <laughs> I, I did not. Um... <laughs> I played through it twice. Like PlayStation sent me an email, like he, like here's your yearly recap or whatever. Like the top five games they played and how many hours you put into them. I put 230 hours into Persona Five. Jesus, it's really fucking good. Speaking of games with a great soundtrack, by the way, like oh, yeah. this is my favorite soundtrack of the year. By the way. oh yeah, hands down. Like for me, this is number one with the bullet. If we're talking about soundtracks. Like, there are games that have an opening that, you know, a lot of times I'll just press start just to get to the game. But this time around, like, like whenever I start that game and that opening 
anime song or it's not an anime song the opening animation and even the title screen music are both gems yeah and i just (laughs) sit back and enjoy it it's like i I would even listen to the soundtrack for this game at work went back when i had the ability to do that and uh oh god that like the song alone puts it in here but it happens to also be a really great game with a very intriguing story too. Yeah, like and and you know, like er, like every part of this game, like it's clearly a PS3 game. Like I'm not going to pretend like it's this technical masterpiece because it's very clearly a PS3 game that was uh, ported to PS4 because it takes took that long to actually come out. Um, but like in terms of its you know character design, its menu design, its its you know its its music, um, it's just a game with such tremendous fucking style and like swagger like it's it's <laughs> like it's just a game that like stylistically puts so many other games to shame it's like uh, uh, remember the meme where they would put the uh the battle menu option like over like other games or even everyday life <laughs> like, yes like everything like if there was one word to describe this game it is style joe's absolutely spot on people with that. People cosplayed as the fucking battle menu. <laughs> it's like to give you an idea it's how good. like to give you an idea of the style of this game, just pause the menu and just look at like actually look yeah. at everything yeah, just, that's going on. All the little animations it. and stuff. Just flipping through it. Um just a beautiful game to look at. Like it's like it's very clear like I said, like from a purely technical standpoint, like yes, these are clearly PS3 assets that were just kind of brushed up a bit. Uh, to make it onto PS4, but this did come out on PS3. That's right. <laughs> no, no, it did. It was in development for PS3. They announced it like fucking six or seven years ago, uh, and then they're like, "Yeah, I guess we should probably bring it to PS4, huh?" <laughs> now that it's 2017, um, we're porting all the good games to PS4. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, like the like in the character designs themselves, you know, like just fantastic stuff between you know like the regular like high school stuff like yeah like they got the japanese high schooler style down pat um but you know like all of their you know their uh their phantom thief you know outfits are all just outrageously great um like you know i mean oh god i I just like i like i think about this game and i start gushing like a fucking idiot (laughs) like i like i somebody else talk about persona 5 i gotta get get it back together here Nothing I can say about it. I enjoyed it, but nothing I can say about it is going to touch what Joe just said. Like, I mean, I'm just talking about this game stylistically right now to start. Like, as far as, like, the gameplay stuff, like, I I think, like, the battle system, you know, it's it's very, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward, but, like, it's done in such a way that it, like, it's refined in such a way that it, it, like, it's deeply satisfying every time you, like figure out, like, an enemy's weakness and they're able to chain one, two, three, four different attacks in a row or whatever. Um, and, you know, knock a dude out basically in one turn. It's, like, so good. <laughs> like, it's just so good. Uh, it reminded me a little bit, and maybe Joe will correct me on this, but it just, in my opinion, that reminded me a little bit of, like, did you ever play Legend of Dragoon for the PlayStation? Oh, man, that was a very long time ago. I haven't played it. Do you me- well, do you remember, like, if you timed the button presses right, you'd continue your combo and do, like, yeah. a full, like, set of moves? It kind of reminded me of that. Like, obviously... Yeah. It- Obviously, it works like a little bit differently, but yeah, that's what I thought of when I, that's what I thought of when I was doing that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, another thing else that's a compliment because I love that combat system. So, so I did want to talk about a little bit about the story, which, by the way, is superb. But uh, I'm talking mainly about like the bosses and uh, how they mm. build them up. 
Like I, I compare uh, Persona Five very much with an arc arc from One Piece, which is one of my favorite animes. So calm down, Joe. But I'm just saying, like if you <laughs> if you stop if I stop watching One Piece just as an arc ends, it can ends. Uh, it could be a while before I go back and watch it because I know this much. When I start that arc, when I start the new arc over and I start to get to know the characters and especially once I see the bad guy and him do his thing, I cannot stop watching until I get to the end of the arc where Luffy punches the dick in the face (laughs) and everyone feels good. With an epic fight scene. Oh, so epic. But anyway... like the tiger guy. No, I can't do this. Can't go off on a tangent. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I love that CP9 arc. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but with the, the same is true here with Persona 5. Like uh, the first uh, boss, uh, Mr. Kamoshida, was that his name? Or Mr. Yeah. yeah. The evil gym teacher who is freaking forcing girls to uh, for him. And yeah, he's. Forcing himself on on the high school girls that he teaches. Yeah, and he was being. Meanwhile, he's being heralded as a hero in the school because he was a former Olympian and all that. So he could get away with whatever you want. Like I wanted to punch this guy in the face. Like like <laughs> I was staying up late. Like no, I need to get to this guy and put an end to him. And it made that whole moment when you finally do beat him and uh, you make him pay for his crimes. Uh, like all the more worthwhile. They felt like such a Russian accomplishment. It's like, yeah, F this guy. And they would repeatedly do it again and again and again with all these pieces of garbage that happened to live in this town. <laughs> Actually, the whole, the whole point that they made the, the gym, the corrupted gym teacher who was just a pervy guy, the first boss, uh, Actually, my I was thinking when we were going into this, I go that might actually get be the sole reason I choose Persona Five. <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfectly well done, and when they did it, I was just like, "Yes, thank you. This is so fun." Uh, yeah, and and you know, like they do such a great job of building up these terrible adults that you know you got to change their hearts or whatever to make them see why they're terrible and turn themselves in or, or repent and all that. Um, and they they do such a great job of building them up as assholes, and then like the. And then the, you know, the palaces or the dungeons, whatever you want to call them, that they design around them are so great. <laughs> like, they're so well-designed. Um, you know, because, you know, I love Persona 4, but, like, those dungeons are all pretty much, those are all, like, procedurally generated. Like, those could have been different for anybody. Uh, but Persona 5 is a much more curated experience. It's like, all right, this is, this, this like, this is exactly what this guy's, you know, dungeon is going to be. And it's this crazy-ass thing. Um you know, and they're all cr- different for, you know, different people. Like, you know, Kamoshida's, his is like, his is, you know, this pervy sex dungeon, you know, like the, the other, like the, the, the forger, the guy who like steals artwork or whatever, like his is like a golden palace where he's got golden statues of himself or whatever, like things like that. It's like, um, like, it's just so, like, it's just so well-designed and well-realized that, that it's pretty, it's really easy to just fall in love, <laughs> just really just appreciate what they've done. Well, and it does such a good job, this one particularly, of of the storytelling being such a hyper, like, hyper-exaggerated kind of metaphor for real-life situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, particularly, like, the one you were talking about, the gym teacher one, where it's like, these are things, obviously hyper-exaggerated, but, like, you take it down a bit, and these are things that happen in real life, like the pervy teachers that get away with everything and stuff like that. And yeah. it just takes it up to the next level and makes it, turns it into, like, a hyper-anime combat thing. Yeah. Which just makes it super fun and also kind of relatable, because it's like what Malcolm said. It's like, I just, I couldn't go to sleep until I beat the shit out of the guy. I had to get justice. 
which, you know, you kind of wish you could do in real life. Yeah. And I, another thing I will say just in closing, cause, uh, I feel like we've kind of made our decision at this point, but, uh, I, yeah, I think Joe convinced me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Another thing I really love about Persona 5 is how written, how well written all these characters are. Like, it's not just like, you know, the super evil guys you're trying to take down, which are great, but sometimes it's uh, the little things. Like, like I love the whole backstory of Ryuji and his, uh, his time on the track team and how that was going to all pan out. Or uh, Anne and her modeling career which she didn't care about then she met met that one jerky competitive model and all of a sudden she started getting serious about it it's like all those little things like really flesh out each and every one of the characters and i started to actually really enjoy and care about them which made it all the more worthwhile when you know you get to that big bad and he's treating those characters like shit into more of an important thing yeah like the characters are are such a great part like i like, I think as a whole, like, the story, like, the story at the very end of it, like, kind of falls apart a little bit, kind of goes off the rails in a way that's like, all right, maybe we could, this, <laughs> this is a little much. Um, but but the story, but the stories, the individual stories told for each of the characters and, you know, the relationship with you as a protagonist uh, and the way they relate with each other are, you know, just some of the best character writing, um, you know, of the year, I think. You know, just really, really strong stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, I just and once again, so one, it sounds like we're sw- we're sweeping this one, but I just want to <laughs> I just want to stretch. I got South Park. It, this was real. Anyone going up against Persona, it's kind of a bad matchup for him, just because of how great the game was. But I really want to stress that it, uh, South Park was such a fun game, and I really enjoyed it. And it was one of the few that I made it a point to play it through from beginning to end this year. So it's like I it's if you I got it as a birthday present. And it is a really fun game. So I, if you get this game, as a, if a friend gives you this game, number one, cherish that friend because those are rare. But and number two, who <laughs> like enjoy this game? Like I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'll probably go back and play it again one of these days. But yeah, it was a fun game. So, but it sounds like uh, we're giving it to Persona Five. I think. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So I thought Joe was gonna. I thought, I thought Joe was going South Park there for a second, but. Oh, no. <laughs> I enjoyed that game a lot. But, but anyway, uh, so congratulations, Persona 5. As we move to the next match, Joe. All right. Number five is Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, up against number 12, Assassin's Creed Origins. So I played one of these games. <laughs> and two guesses which one that was. But anyway. Um, Wolfenstein. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so aside from Joe, who else has played Assassin the Assassin Creed game from this year? I've played both of them. Oh God. Yeah. All right. So both of these games, not yeah, yeah, I've played both of these games. So. All right. So tell me about Assassin's Creed this year and why it's different from Assassin's Creed Three. Eh, well, it's a objectively <laughs> uh, just better game uh, than Assassin's <laughs> Creed Three on, yeah, on and, every yeah, on every. Level in every respect. Um, not only does it look pretty, but I didn't go into stealth missions and want to throw my controller and be like, "Why do I <laughs> got to do the frickin' stealth missions? Why can't I just kill everything combat-wise?" Uh, so the fact that the stealth was better um, that automatically puts it at a higher rank than Assassin's Creed Three. Um, and the overhaul of the combat as well. Yes. It's okay. The same combat 
Oh, like it's it's like the, all the combat is basically mapped to the shoulder buttons this time instead of square or circle, which works. Uh, yeah, it works really well. Um, it's it's complete. It's very different, you know. You know, from a gameplay perspective, mm-hmm. uh, previous uh, Assassin's Creed games, uh, and it definitely needed it. You know, those games. As much as I enjoyed, you know, a lot of those previous Assassin's Creed games, you know, that the, the combat was probably one of the weaker parts of it, uh, where you know enemies would kind of circle around you and come at you one at a time waiting to be countered to death. Uh, <laughs> but here you actually have to, you know, parry and read what the other character's doing. Um, okay. And actually fight. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, thank you. All right. All right, that's a... That's We've a, got a bear. No, uh, that was a car. We had drag racers, unfortunately. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, the combat is a, is a lot more fluid. Um, the game itself is just is is beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely, like, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best looking games uh, of the year. Uh, from you know, just from a high fidelity standpoint, like especially on PS4 Pro with the with the 4K TV, it, that game is choice. <laughs> the game just looks really good. Hmm. Wow. So for a guy like me, who was really big into Assassin's Creed back in the day, but after three, you know, just got burned and just tapped out. Uh, would you say this would be the game to get me back into the Assassin's Creed lore? I would say yes, because yeah. that's the exact problem that I, <laughs> uh, that I had. Um, granted, this did not make me say, hey, Assassin's Creed is now one of my favorite, uh, favorite things. Uh, yeah, it, it did not make me, did not make me say that, but. Go ahead, Joe. Like, it doesn't swing so far, you know, in the opposite direction where it's like, yes, I definitely want an Assassin's Creed game every year again. It's like, no. no, no. This, <laughs> I'm is not the, this was this was so good because we haven't had one every year. Yeah. Like, maybe, you know, every two years if you want to do that, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, um, you know, the character here, Bayek, he, he's actually a really cool dude. Um, he's actually an interesting character um, that isn't, you know, obnoxious the way so many other Assassin's Creed characters have been, you know, after Ezio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's almost relatable and likable. It's like, okay, yeah, you kind of want to see him, you know, get... <laughs> you want to see him uh, do well. It does a lot better with its kind of RPG elements than previous Assassin's Creed's uh, did, except well, 2. It's hard to get past 2. I feel like 2 did a lot of things just like it should have been. Um, mm. Yeah. But this That's one definitely... Too, yeah. This one definitely just steps stepped up its game. Um, it the loot and the item usage, I feel like I got on my nerves. Jody, yeah. any problems with no, that? yeah, 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 definitely that. Um, you can um, let's see if we had the same problem. Mine was uh, so as an assassin, <laughs> you get a lot of cool toys, yes, uh, darts, darts <laughs> bombs, stuff like that, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a little bit since I played it, but Joe, does it only let you map one item? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 have to pick an item and you map it. And if and if you want to use something different mid combat or or you want to use something different like on the fly, like you're meant to use these items for, you actually have to go into the you actually have to go into the menu and and, and remap a completely different item. So you have to pick. Which one assassin's tool you want to use, and then just hope that you don't enter a situation where you need something else. And that might not sound like a big deal, but that can cause some that that caused me quite a bit of frustration in 
in certain instances. Yeah, and another thing, too, that they did that kind of annoyed me is that they're like, you know, games menus we really like. We really like Destiny's menus. Let's take those. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? Why would you use that menu? Like, one of the things I least like doing in Destiny is navigating those fucking menus. Like, uh, hey, guys, what if there was, like, a thousand menus? <laughs> and, and the only way to navigate them is by moving this cursor very slowly across yes, the screen. Yes, and what if, yeah, and, and what if you just had to move a cursor? <laughs> and that's the only way you could interact with them. How would you yeah. like that in your game? Well, we wouldn't. Well, it's too late. It's already in there. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, like definitely an imperfect game, but definitely a huge step up from where they've been, you know, with that franchise lately. Um, and very promising for where that franchise can kind of, you know, continue to evolve. It um, is. Uh, I think its biggest misstep, though, is... Uh, okay, so it's really pretty, and I, I, I liked the way they told the story. Because I think Egypt is a really cool place for Assassin's Creed to be. And even though it's the origin, it's, 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 maybe you think differently, Joe, but when I was playing it, I was like, this is still the same story. (laughs) (laughs) This is still the same story I've played five, six times already. Like, yeah. And it's barely changing. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, is there a story outside of the main story, like what they used to do with Delson or? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds memorable. All right. <laughs> yeah, in case you couldn't tell, that's uh, clearly the high mark of this game. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's not like a huge. It's, it's definitely like a, a fun game. Yeah, it's definitely a fun game. Like it, they're like there's still work to be done for Assassin's Creed to like really kind of like take people, you know, by storm the way, you know, like Assassin's Creed Two. And you know that kind of like mini series did, but mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like it's it's definitely it's it's encouraging. I'll say that it's way it's better than three, definitely. <laughs> yes. um, which is saying something because three disappointed me a lot because I really liked the combat, um, but man, was the main character boring and was the stealth terrible and everything. Um, Black Flag was better. Mm. Um, Black Flag was no, see that game was great. <laughs> that game was great, and then what was the next one? Liberation. Or, uh, uh, no, it was Black no. Flag and then Assassin's Creed Unity. Unity. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and Unity, um, well, uh, Origins is a complete game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you were discouraged by 3, um, definitely give this one a try. Um, I, I would actually put it maybe a little bit above Black Flag. Not quite a lot, but I don't know. I feel like it may be. So, yeah, if you formerly liked Assassin's Creed, you give this game a try because you'll enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you if you kind of, like, if you kind of fell off and kind of wish that those games were good again, it's worth checking it out. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to play a not-shit Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> Origins is a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I feel like the real star here is definitely uh, Wolfenstein 2. Uh, how, many t- how many times are we going to get to a game that is better than it should have been? Oh man! Mm. Like, there's been a lot of those this year, last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, I had no idea this was going to be as good as it was. Um, well, I definitely, you know, like I played the New Order, the previous game, uh, and that game took uh, me and a lot of other people by surprise. Um, so, like, I my expectations were like pretty high for 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 this particular game, but it's it managed to suppress um, the previous game in 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 ways that. Most people, I don't think, uh, unless you worked on this game specifically, uh, could not possibly have imagined because the shit that happens in this game is so fucking 
off the rails crazy. Ridiculous. Oh my god. <laughs> it's wild. Uh and the the great thing about it is that it earns every fucking time it does it. Like it doesn't just feel like, oh, you know it'd be crazy to happen here if this happened. It like it happen. doesn't it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Like there's a build and there's you know, they do the work to fucking get to earn those moments. Okay. Uh, I want to name one problem I kind of had with it off the bat because it kind of connects because I feel like we're just going to gush about this game. Is it because um, you have to punch a zombie? Uh, Nazi, is that it? No. <laughs> I fully support that. Okay. I don't get you guys shut down for that. But, good. Um, no, it's one of the things, is, is, is like Joe said, that is ridiculous and they're constantly just kind of pushing and it's like, what if this happened? What if this happened? And it does happen. Now, there are a few times where instead of doing something cool, they instead go, hey, uh, what if there was 20 guys? And they're <laughs> right there, and they're right there when you open the door, and they open fire on, on your ass. And yeah, you die. And you die. What if that, that happened? <laughs> they, they, they do that more often than I would have liked them to have done it. Um, <laughs> and those parts kind of got annoying, because they do that, and then it's like you got the run-up to that point again, and then... There's not a lot of different things you can do in some of those situations where it's like yeah. I have to open this door and fight <laughs> 20 guys. Like, I have to do it, and they know I'm coming. So those moments kind of got a little... Yeah. Like, the, the New Order got away with a lot of that stuff, I think, because people, myself included, but people were kind of so blown away by the fact that they were playing a good Wolfenstein game in the year 2014. Uh, with an actual good story and characters um, that they were kind of willing to forgive, kind of like the gameplay shortcomings. Like, and there was enough cool gameplay stuff in there that you were able to kind of, to kind of overlook the fact that, you know, like gameplay-wise, the game isn't great. Like Doom came out last, or I guess two years ago now. Um, you know, Doom came out the the year before, and, you know, that game was just like so, like that's as tight as a first-person shooter can be. Mm, yeah. uh, so to come back to Wolfenstein 2, and it's like, you know, even though it's built on the same engine, I think, um, you know, like, and for it to be just kind of not as good uh, from a gameplay perspective, you know, like, um, you know, like, just like you, like you said, like being, having a bunch of enemies thrown at you, um, yeah. and then you've got this finite health, um, but it doesn't, but it does such a bad job of showing you when you're taking damage, and, oh, which yeah. and which direction you're taking it from uh, that you don't even realize you're taking damage until you're like up to like 30 or 20 health. You're like, well, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, like that kind of, like that stuff, like Wolfenstein 2 is a great game uh, in spite of its gameplay. Yeah. Malcolm, here's, uh, here's, here's, a good, here's a good example. Uh, Joe won't agree with this because it's about Dark Souls again. But, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know how in Dark Souls, like there's times where like, you know, when you die, it's a learning experience. Like, it's not really seen as unfair because you're like, okay, I know that's going to happen again, and I can avoid that. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know how when you sometimes you step on you step on a tile and it shoots you with a dart and with like three darts, just one right after the other, and you die, and you're like, all right, that's there. I'll <laughs> well, block pretend, <laughs> well, pretend you walked into a room that was about a twenty-five by twenty-five room, stepped on a tile, and instead of three darts, just back to back. It was an entire wall of darts that you couldn't dodge ever. <laughs> Fuck. That's kind of how it feels sometimes in, in yeah. and stuff. You like, get to the point where it's like, I want to have... Yeah, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, There's no way was, around it. You have to power through. 
because I was playing the game on the default difficulty, and which is only the which is still like the second easiest difficulty out of like right. six out of like six difficulties. Like yeah, the default same. is the, the default one is like the second easiest, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and dial this dial all the way down to easy. <laughs> Let's let's turn that dial down a little bit to, yeah, to novice. Yeah, because I, I just want to see because I just want to see the fucking balls crazy fucking shit that's happening. And bad shit, insane story that you play like, through, and and I don't need this bad gameplay to get in the way of that. It's like it, it's kind of fun. like me and Joe have talked about difficulty and how frustrating. Like I I have to put it down on the easiest difficulty just because I was getting I was stuck in this one room, and with the save point I was on, I had less than fifty percent health. And there was this freaking sniper with a laser gun shooting me <laughs> every single time I stepped at, into view. It was like, okay, you know what? F it. And then I swallowed my pride and did it. It's funny that I had an easier time, I felt, with Doom than I, yeah. did, than yeah. I did with this game. Or, yeah. Well, you don't have any – I feel like the main problem is, is you don't have any options. Like there's – I'm not saying there's only one way to play this game. But dealing with when they threw that at you, there really only was one. It's like you have all these guys. you got to – you got to blow through them somehow. It's not like I kept kind of comparing it to Dishonored, which is unfair. I know they're two completely different games, <laughs> but the, the look and feel kind of put me in that kind of time frame, like that that kind of that look of it. And I just remember thinking, twenty guys in here are about to just unload on me when I open this door. And that was a weird sentence that I regret saying, but. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, if this was like Dishonored, I'd have like uh, several different options I could do where I could find my way through this because this is clearly not working. But in Wolfenstein 2, you don't. You just have to be like, I'm going to open the door and just try and hit some of them and then duck behind the door and hope they don't charge at me and see if I'm taking damage because I can't tell when I'm taking damage sometimes. (laughs) And picking up health and like armor is so hit and miss. Oh my god. Like you just you just like darting across from like one piece of carpet to another, just smashing the square button, hoping to God that you pick something up. It Whether actually it's... makes me it actually makes me question how I had so much fun with this game, but God damn, did I have a lot of fun with this? Yeah, because yeah. the game is because the story beats are so wild. Oh my They're God, so it's good. so all the like that's why. Like that's why I feel like we kept pushing through because we're like, I gotta see what happens. Like I just gotta see this shit through. <laughs> like it's so good. It's so crazy. Which I think speaks to a game. If it can push you, if it can get you to push through not quite top-notch gameplay all the time, I feel like it's doing something right in some area. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, how I used to feel about Metal Gear, where no matter what the what the area was, I would figure out a way through it just because I wanted to see the next 30-minute cutscene that explained the story even more. <laughs> <laughs> Or, but, oh, God, like, I, I told this to Joe the first time I beat Wolfenstein 1, where it's like, I can't believe Eve, one of my favorite stories in a video game of all time is fucking Wolfenstein. This <laughs> <laughs> blows your mind. It doesn't, the villains are all awesome, too. Like, go, going back to what I said about Persona, I want to take them down. Like, <laughs> They they make this personal like every single time, uh, and and I like BJ Blazkowicz like he fucked up and he's doing his best to make everything right again like he's very he's cool he's he's amazing. <laughs> All right, so Joe, I'm very curious to, like on a few of these, uh, but if, let's actually start with Tyler. Tyler, which way are you voting? 
I'm going to give it to Wolfenstein 2 simply for the fact that it, it brought something, maybe not brand new, but new ish to the table and got me through some questionable gameplay with just some batshit insane, super fun story moments. And not like when it wasn't being super bullshit like that, the gameplay was still fun too, because you were getting played through those crazy story moments. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Wolfenstein 2. I had a. And more fun overall. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins was was example. When I well, here's the best way to put it. When I played Wolfenstein 2, I was like, "Wow, this game is really fun. I'm having a lot of fun with this." When I played Assassin's Creed Origins, it was, "Oh, hey, it's this isn't as uh, this isn't as bad as other Assassin's Creed games I've played. This is nice." <laughs> uh, I myself and don't get me wrong, you guys really did do a fantastic job talking up Assassin's Creed. And I'm definitely going to be looking forward for that uh, next time that there's a sale going on. But I'm also going to have to go with Wolfenstein on this one. Yeah, same here. Like for me, it's not even close. <laughs> like, I, like as much as I, I appreciate like how how great you know Assassin's Creed Origins actually turned out. Um, yeah, Wolfenstein too. Like just man, just what a <laughs> like it wasn't for the fact that Nier Automata came out this year. It's like it would also this would probably be my favorite story uh, oh, wow. of 2017. It's it's really good. Nice. All right, so the final first-round matchup for tonight. Joe, what is it? What do we got, like, three three left? Yeah. Um, do we? I thought we were down to the last one. No, no. Nope, it's, nope we got one, two, uh, three, three left. I don't feel like this one's going to take very long. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's the next matchup? All right, let's see. Uh, number six versus number 11. At number six is Horizon Zero Dawn. Number 11 is Cuphead. Can I start? Yes. Okay, Cuphead was really fun. Uh, I don't think it's Souls-like just because it's hard, but it was really fun. Had really good <laughs> art direction. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. I think it deserves a lot of the accolades uh, that it got. Um, I don't think it stands the chance against Horizon Zero Dawn because, Jesus Christ, Horizon Zero Dawn is a <laughs> fucking phenomenal game yeah. that I had been watching for a year. Um I don't remember where they like announced it or anything like that, uh, but it was like for, it was like for a whole year. I'm just like, this game looks awesome. This game looks awesome. Came out. I got a hold of it. I had Zelda Breath of the Wild, so I didn't get to it for kind of like you guys said. I didn't get to it for a little bit. Started playing it and was immediately just blown away in every aspect of it. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is. I don't really have any complaints about it. There's like stuff that maybe they could tweak, but. This game just it hits on all the right marks. Mm. And, you know, for the sake of time, which we're sort of fighting for right now, uh, while I'm happy to see that there's an Xbox exclusive game on this list. As it, <laughs> like literally the only one. <laughs> but Horizon was just incredible. In a year where we had a lot of standout first time exclusive entries, he's, uh, no, it. it it was fantastic, and it blew me away. And fucking robot dinosaurs is all I'm going to say. Fucking right. <laughs> um, and you know, like as much as I like as much as I love, you know, Cuphead's like look, um, you know, like visually, like that game is stunning uh, to look at. Like they nailed, you know, that uh, that you know, 1940s or or whatever, uh, you know, animation aesthetic down to a T. Uh, and the music also, is, you know, the music as well. Um, like all the character designs are just you know top shelf stuff, 
But uh, unfortunately for me, Cuphead, uh, I don't think, like, people really, really like that game. And, and it's good, but, like, at least for me personally, the, the gameplay doesn't hold up its end of the bargain. Mm. Uh, you know, like, I feel like, for me, the, the aesthetic of that game is, is pulling most of the weight there. Uh, um, and, you know, like, weirdly enough, like, you know, like, throughout the, like, the three or four years that we saw this game in development... Uh, we didn't really know much, or at least I didn't really know what that game was going to turn out to be, and it turns out to be like this weird, like Mega Man type platform boss rush thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is cool, but it, like, but I don't know, kind of wore itself thin pretty fast. Uh, I, I liked it; it was fun. I mean, yeah, like it was alright, but like I, I was mostly playing that to see the character designs and hear the music more than anything. Um, you know, whereas Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, like uh, like like Tyler, like when they first revealed that game, I was like, I was like, this is Gorilla's game? What the fuck? Holy shit! Awesome! <laughs> like you know, like after years of being like a Killzone factory, which you know, I enjoyed, but like I'm definitely in the minority. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I liked Killzone, but they weren't yeah. anything special. I don't think. Yeah, but like no one's gonna remember Killzone in like 15 or 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's be honest. Um, but, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, immediately made an impact as soon as they, like, revealed that game. We're like, holy shit, like, this is completely different from anything that we've seen Gorilla do. Um, even though it had, like, you know, like, I made fun of the game's, like, name when they first revealed it. It was like, that couldn't be a more generic name. <laughs> it's a shitty, it's a shitty name. I want to say that right now. I, I hate saying it. Like, it, I like, hate... like, it sounds generic when you, when you, but then you play the game and you, like, you see why they call it that. You're like, oh. Okay. Yeah. You're like, like, all I right, get fine. It. like it's fine. I get it. I would have chose a different name. I don't like the way it sounds, but that doesn't take anything away from the game. Yeah. Um and you know, like as much as I like and from like as a <laughs> as a Killzone fan, like the story of those Killzone games isn't why I came mm-hmm. to it necessarily. Um so I was very pleasantly surprised by how just great Horizon's story was. Um like that's another game that had some pretty great turns. Um, within it, like you see, like you, like you kind of hear you, you like because because um, Aloy's story, like she's kind of like this mysterious like orphan girl, like who like she's kind of got this mysterious origin or whatever. And then as you flesh it out as you go through the game, you're like, holy fuck! Um, and not just her origin, <laughs> but but not just her origin, but like the origin of like the world, the, basically, the new, right. of the new world around you, like why everything yeah. is 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 kind of like destroyed the way it is, and why these machines have taken over. Um, like all that stuff, it's it's really great. Humans like, are shitty people. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, yeah, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic oh. game. Oh god, yeah. All right, all right. so move cup, giving it to Cuphead. Yeah, <laughs> it wishes. All right, moving on. What what's the next matchup, Joe? Oh, aren't you gonna vote? What, what, how do we know? How do we know for sure? It's Horizon. Okay, it's Horizon. Not moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this next one isn't a contest for me, but you guys made it clear that it is for you, so... Alright. Which one is it? Number seven, appropriately enough, is Resident Evil. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I did not, but I, I was happy to see it pan out that way. Uh, versus number ten, Yakuza Zero. Alright, this uh, this will probably be a quick one. Uh, so I'll just get me out of the way. Hey, uh, I do want to talk about Yakuza Zero, which Yakuza Zero, Yakuza is like one of my favorite video game franchises. Period. And one of you is laughing. Fuck you. Uh, but I really. <laughs> so, 
I really enjoy the heck out of it. The stories are always great, and you're ruining it. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing at your reaction to that. I didn't laugh. Oh, okay. Did I? My chair literally fell apart right now. Like, the armrest, like, fell. What? <laughs> My chair. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that's what. Yeah, I guess that's what you heard. No one laughed. Okay, I heard okay. something coming from Joe's. But like, I all I heard was like, like uh, I remember saying like Yakuza is one of my favorite series, and then it sounded like, a, <laughs> like <laughs> oh yeah, like that was the bolt that holds oh. the armrest to my chair hitting the ground. <laughs> I was like, fuck you! I actually didn't like the series. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> like when he was laughing, fuck you. <laughs> but go on, go yeah. on. <laughs> Love a lot of self confidence sto- coming from Malcolm's side of uh, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Anyway, hey, Yakuza I feel has like one of the most underrated stories in uh, for ev- in the, in its history with video games and what have you. Uh, but the story here was fantastic with Yakuza Zero. And number one, if you're looking, f- if you were ever curious to play Yakuza, but you were worried about jumping in the middle or what have you, who well. Yakuza Zero's got you covered. It's literally the beginning, so jump right in. <laughs> On top of that, they finally jump into uh, what is actually, I was actually kind of surprised to find out, is the most popular character of the franchise, because Japan loves doing polls on stuff like that, and Goro Umishima has won handedly every single year. Here, second uh, Second of which, by the way, is Kiryu. So finally they decided, hey, let's like go into this character that everyone loves. And they made him a playable character. So you get like two stories. And the entire time it's building up to these two coming, building up and meeting. And it really does pay off as it lays the foundation to what Yakuza would be. Both of them have very interesting and very different fighting styles. Uh, there's so much to do around, around uh, Camarocho and uh, Sotontoro, the two cities that the game takes place in, whether it be eating, going to the Sega arcade and playing classic <laughs> Sega games like Fantasy Zone. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I will say I, I've been playing a lot of Yakuza 0 lately. Okay. Um, I'm playing it right now, actually. <laughs> um, and I spent probably more than half an hour, at least, playing OutRun in the Sega Arcade. I was like, man, I fucking love OutRun. Uh, I, I started hating OutRun only because I wasn't that good at it, and I needed to get a certain score in order to max out my friendship meter with the brother. <laughs> but, oh, man. Oh, it was such a good time. But And I not only enjoyed the main story, but the side quests all have their own unique story and uh, what have you that, one, endear you to the main character you're controlling, but it actually are all really fun asides. Like uh, freaking Kiryu and the Michael Jackson uh, character that you meet later <laughs> in the story. <laughs> or them becoming disco kings and uh, the whole mini... <laughs> Goro's whole mini game where he's running a cabaret club, which is actually really, really fun and uh, really engaging. And and even uh, freaking Kazuma's uh, whole real estate business that he's building on the side, too. It's All of it's really done. And it also tells one of the best gangster or crime stories that I've seen in recent memory. Runs circles around Mafia 3, but I digress. <laughs> but... Oh my god! Hey, but Mafia Three story was actually was it? I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and let you denigrate Mafia Three story. Okay, everything else. <laughs> Mafia Two. If you want to talk shit about Mafia Two, oh, go ahead. Hey, fine. I will give you that. It did. It, 
the opening of Mothy 3 was really powerful. It's everything else where it sort of falls apart about it, I guess. But anyway, uh, Yakuza 0, this, w- this one for me is a toughie, just because uh, that's how good Yakuza 0 or was. And unfortunately, it has to go up against probably, I would say, if, I, if we were just doing the awards for me, like, this would be up there, Resident Evil 7, which was uh, a really faithful and enjoyable revival of what I loved it. Uh, loved about the series the scariness like i remember popping in that game for the first time and while i played this by the way i i didn't play it with sandra but she was watching me play because she wanted to see the story too but she was too scared to play it (laughs) so i remember you had had someone with you while you played it because you're not crazy Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't play it, but like I, I, I played a little bit of. It. I won't play it by myself again. I oh. want to play it with my girlfriend. Like I won't do it. Yeah, I'll call a spade a spade here. You're like, yeah, I was scared. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be a man and admit it. Yeah. I was about to say, I was like, I'm not ashamed. I'm not playing it again by myself. I will say I that. Play it again. I will say that the first hour of that game is the scariest part of that game mm-hmm. um, because you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what where the fuck. Okay. You just you just don't know what the stakes are. I was about but, to I, I was about to argue, but when you put it that way, yeah, because it's but, like, it's completely different perspective, and so yeah, that's yeah. I, I would say. But once you get into out of the guest house into the main house, it's a Resident Evil ass Resident Evil game. You're like, oh, okay, it's got wacky, but not got, but not in a bad but not in a bad way. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like it's, but I mean, I'm saying it's, it, it it falls into like a lot of the same. You know, it's like okay, you've got these crazy puzzles. You've got these, yeah, it's scary. These, it turns into a this is a scary puzzle game. Yeah, like all Resident. But it's not fucking terrifying the way the first hour of that game is, where it's like, I don't what the fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, man, that. But that first-person perspective and the and the you know current gen consoles do make the rest of the game like it's still like it's still creepy as fuck. Oh though. yeah, it's creepy, but it's not like like I feel like like I felt like I was completely victimized like for that first hour of the game. Yeah, that first hour I was yeah. just like this can't this isn't right. Like I, don't, I can't do this. I was like I don't wanna. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking creepy ass house. Like I, I will admit uh, I see where Joe's coming from. I would argue from. The final fight with Jack on, it's like, oh, wow, this is such a Resident Evil game all of a sudden. Yeah, from then on, it's like, oh, it's a Resident Evil? All right. <laughs> yeah, well, you got, you got your esoteric puzzles. <laughs> you've got, like, the fucking, you've got all the, all, all, the, all the trappings of a classic Resident Evil experience. Oh, hey, you know what? I look at that. It went to Resident Evil 4. It never went to 6. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I remember making it to the house, and I, it took me five minutes to walk into the house because, like, I know shit's going to go down. Like, right. Like, that's, like, I don't even know. And the way they build up the mood, like, when you're walking there and you see Jack's body, for like, walk by for a split second. And uh, let me tell you about the Bakers. If I had to give an award for my favorite villains for the year, the Baker family oh. wins I don't even want to talk about it. It's just creepy. <laughs> it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. Oh, it's like, and I felt like each member of the Bakers was the sort of a take on on uh, on horror, where Jack Baker was essentially Jason Voorhees, the unstoppable killing machine that you were desperately trying to take down, or Marguerite, who is like every supernatural creature that I've ever seen in a horror movie, and then you had uh, what, what was Lucas who is essentially freaking saw with like all his uh, dastardly traps and how he was trying yeah. to play with you and they, what have you. Yeah. They did a good job of mixing different kind of genres of horror in. Oh, yeah. And so, 
And the whole thing with Jack, especially when you're controlling uh, the poor camera guy trying to solve his puzzle, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the I they never used lighting so well in a Resident Evil game. Mm. Well, I mean, part of it is that you know they've never had you know this kind of hard work to play. Well, with. yeah, that's the thing. Uh, is on this, they still could have fucked it up. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. But yeah, they had they had the well. That, I think that's the thing. I think you should get credit for even if it's the first time you have the option. The fact that you utilized it. Well. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not. But yeah, that. they they certainly couldn't have done it before. But yeah, that just like everything about it and uh, the layout of the house, like the house, the entire Baker property is just great. And I hope that I would love it if they could keep Resident Evil. Like me and Joe have talked about this a few times because. Uh, while we sort of like downplay five and six, they sold massively well. So <laughs> yeah, like five or I think six is like one of Capcom's best-selling games ever. Selling well does not a good video game make. No, no, no but but, but that also but that also tells Capcom maybe we should just keep making the game this yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I totally get that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Gamers need to really learn to speak with their wallets better. Oh yeah, for sure. And this one, I feel like uh, with this, I think this. I, I believe it proves that, you know, there is an audience for this style of game, too. So I'm not saying let's completely abandon it because, like, let's be honest, it's making the Capcom money. So maybe flip-flop. We have, like, one style six and then one that's, like, six, and then we have another Resident Evil come out that's more like seven, where it's, like, I would love it if it's just, like, a random poor soul like uh, freaking Ethan, where he has nothing to do with the whole war between... Uh, Chris and Umbrella, uh, and where he's just and he's just caught in the middle and he's trying to survive and he's not punching boulders or anything like that to be you know he's a normal <laughs> human being. Uh, all right, here we go. Resident Evil Five is Capcom's best-selling game ever, mm. followed by Resident Evil Six. They both hurts. Seven point three million, seven point one million. That hurts me so bad. Uh, I and then, Res- but Resident Evil Seven is at number six all time for Capcom with four point eight. I, I will admit five, five is actually one of my favorites, mainly because it's an it's Albert. Good. Yeah, it's good. And it's an Albert Wesker showcase. Like it's <laughs> everything I love about that character. In one it's all right. If you have someone to co-op with. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah Cause that co-op, the, the, the AI is not like, good. I think I, I made a joke to one of my friends uh, when they were like talking about single player experiences and they brought up and they're like, well, Resident Evil five. And I was like, that's co-op game. And they're like, no, it's single player. And I was just like, is it really, really, <laughs> really not. But uh, where's four ranked? Uh, not in the top 10. Fuck off. I'm done. <laughs> Let's see. I got to click through here. Clicking through, clicking through. Capcom, you are so lucky you make Monster Hunter. Mm. Uh, Res- <laughs> Resident Evil 4 on PS2 sold 2.3, which is good for number 23 overall for Capcom. I gotta say, uh, Capcom's been really has been doing a bang up job with games. <laughs> like they stumble here and there, but between- they stumbled for a while there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, be- yeah. between this, you know, all the stuff they're doing with Mega Man, which is just sort of giving the finger to KG Ifune. but <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like uh, with arcade mode and everything they're doing with Street Fighter Five, which stumbled yeah. at launch, but now has finally found its footing. And it's... <laughs> Street Fighter Five is a good game now. Yeah, I mean because it's a yeah, because it's a full game now. <laughs> yeah. But it, it feels like they're starting to like. I'm not saying they're Naughty Dog, but they're be, 
I, they're one of the more respectable companies again. They're definitely ahead of the EA. I tell you that much. <laughs> I I wouldn't say they're one of the more respectable companies. I would say they're still kind of stumbling, but I would say they're they're starting to get their balance. Like they're doing good, and then they kind of trip a little bit, but they're doing better than they were. If they could just keep on this. Mm. And saying that they're better than EA doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, no, that's a very low bar to clear. <laughs> um, but I, so what do we give it? What, what are we giving it to? <laughs> so I, I'll go. Well, okay, I'll go first this time because I have a feeling where you guys are going to lean to, and uh, it kills me to do this because I really wanted Yakuza to have a stronger showing in this one. I felt like it at least deserved to go to the next round, but as Joe's pointed out multiple times, it's it's a stacked year. So unfortunately it had to go up against resident evil seven, which was one of my was, which was, I would have to say my first favorite game right out of the gate for this year. Like I'm never going to forget, you know, being with Sandra, Aria, like the first time we saw Marguerite in the boss fight was like one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in my life. I will never forget that moment. And everything with Jack and that fun fight in the garage where you can get into the car and go to town on him if you want to. And just, like, everything and the build-up and the payoffs of everything. Like, it is a, it, it, I have to be honest, it, it's Resident Evil 7 in this one. I still recommend Yakuza 0. I feel like it's a great game and a great starting point if you've ever been curious about this sh- series especially since it seems like they're going to remake all the games for PS4, <laughs> but they're kind of pulling. Uh, and, but to their credit, they're also adding stuff like for Yakuza, the Yakuza two remake, they're adding Goro Mijima levels. So you can actually play as him throughout the game. And with, with uh, the Yakuza one remake, they actually t- added a ton of cutscenes and backstory so things seem more fleshed out and tie in better with Yakuza 0. So it's not like they're just, like, half in the bag. They're actually putting in some work, which I appreciate. But my vote goes to uh, Resident Evil 7. What do you guys say? Um, if I'm honest, my vote goes to Yakuza 0. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, as much as, like, as, like, like as much as I appreciate what Resident Evil 7 is doing... Um, you know, Yakuza Zero just kind of—I don't know—it just, it just hit a better chord with me, I, I guess. Like I, like I, like I agree with with what you said about how like it's not—it's telling like this really great like crime story. Um, but like I also really, really like those those side missions because like those side missions are all so great. Like they're great little slices of like Japanese life in the 1980s, uh, and like so many of them are so funny, <laughs> like just so, <laughs> just so like just great comedy. Um, have you got I, into I, the pocket car racing yet? No, not yet. Oh um, god, that's that took, ate up so much <laughs> of my time. I got so into it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like there's so much just stuff that you can just get into in that game. Uh, besides, you know, the main story stuff. Uh, and, you know, it's one, like, it's, like, compared to, like, something like a GTA or whatever, um, you know, because there are, there is, you can't drive a car or anything, like, you know, relative to those games, like, the, the worlds are tiny, but, like, they're so condensed. Uh, like, they're, like it's just, there's just so much to do, like, in every, like, whether you're playing as as Kiryu or, or, as, or as Majima. And, like... Like you can't take like a <laughs> like I can't go from one side of the street to the other without running into some crazy situation, uh, like <laughs> like running into a guy with uh, with his uh, bag phone or whatever. Mm. Uh, 
<laughs> and he's like, hey, you want to check out this crazy phone? He's like, he's like, what's up with their crazy bag? It's like, oh, it's not just a bag. It's a bag phone. And you're like, what? <laughs> and, and you go through this crazy side mission, side mission, you know, trying to get to fucking use this damn phone. Uh, and it takes like half an hour to finally get him to use the phone. And like, like once you finally do that, oh, and now he's a save point. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, you know, just this, this goofy shit like that is 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 really great. Um, and you know, it does such a great job of of kind of encapsulating what of, of encapsulating that time period as well. Mm. Uh, like, obviously, the nineteen eighties are very are very uh, a very well trodden time area uh, or time period uh, in a lot of fiction, but you don't see a lot of it coming out of you know like nineteen eighties Japan, which is very different from what you see like in nineteen eighties you know Americana. Mm. Uh, and I appreciate kind of being able to see, to see something old with, but also be something new to me. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like I have no idea what night life was in the 1980s in Japan. Uh, so let's see it through these uh, Japanese gangsters. Uh, and you know, and you know, like I, this is the first Yakuza game I've ever played. So like I, I don't have you know like the baked in you know love of these characters, but like being introduced to Goro uh, initially as, as you know the manager of this cabaret. Uh, and the way he like diffuses that belligerent customer, like, like as an introduction to that character, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, um, and then you know, seeing him kind of go after that, like, I don't, like, yeah, man, like, yakuza, man, good stuff. <laughs> Joe, it, it pleases me so much that you said that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, I really, really want to get into yakuza Kiwami after this. Oh God, it's good. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be even a bigger moment for you for acting, having played Yakuza 0, so you see the whole dynamic between him and Nishi. But anyway, Tyler, tiebreaker, dude. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm not taking anything away from Yakuza 0. The way you guys talked about it, it sounds it sounds fun. But uh, it's Resident Evil 7. Um, Resident Evil 7, to me, reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy 15. Uh, not gameplay-wise, obviously. Um <laughs> But in a way that, minus the fact that Capcom didn't need to make a better Resident Evil game, because according to according to Joe, and I believe him, uh, they could have made a, another shitty one and it would have just sold just fine. Whereas, you know, Square Enix needed a hit for Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy was in big trouble. Um, but I do feel like for a lot of fans, Resident Evil was kind of in trouble because especially a lot of people I talked to and a lot of the talk around the industry was five wasn't that great it wasn't that like i said if you had a co-op partner it was fine six was (laughs) six was a michael bay movie and they needed something and i feel like resident evil 7 did that i feel like resident evil 7 is the is the final fantasy 15 for resident evil it brought Mm. it back and brought it back to a lot of fans brought back a lot of fans back to the series and man it just did it really well and not just because I'm used to playing crappier ones like six, but this was a genuinely frightening game that still used the Resident Evil formula, and it worked. Mm. So seven, Resident Evil Seven's got mine. All right. So with that, Resident Evil Seven moves on. And once again, very happy to hear that that uh, you guys have got a vote. All right. Moving on. Final match of the first round, and it's very interesting. Sonic Mania versus Uncharted Lost Legacy. So, who's played what? I've played both. I've played both, too. I've played one. 
<laughs> and which one was that? It was Uncharted. Ooh, okay. Right. Uh, so right off the bat, what a pleasant surprise. If there was a pleasant surprise of the year award, and <laughs> going off the whole motif that Tyler pointed out of games that we weren't expecting to be good but were good, what a surprise Sonic Mania was. Yeah, man. Holy hell. Like, that game was so just so gratifying to play. Mm. Like, like after all these years of bad Sonic games and, you know, rightfully so being just, like, just crapping on Sonic games because, like, one after the other was just bad, bad, bad uh, to the point where it's like, maybe Sonic was never good. No, motherfucker. Sonic was always good. <laughs> and here's the proof. Defensive Joe is defensive. I was so happy to see that that Sonic Mania was as good, if not maybe even a little better than some of the Sonic games of, of yore. It, it's just it's just so good. <laughs> like of everything your, about, of yore. <laughs> it's oh man, like like I just was playing that game, grinning like an idiot the entire way through it. Because um, like growing up, like it like. Growing up, like I had, I had both the Genesis and and the Super Nintendo, but like like I I, I ended up getting rid of my Genesis. I forget why I didn't have a Super Nintendo for very long, so I like ended up playing my Genesis mostly. Uh, and you know, Sonic was my jam. You know, like Sonic One, Two, and Three were were like my favorite games growing up. Um, and yeah, like it's it's man, it's whew, it's it's. It's just so good to see Sonic uh, be good again because, you know, after years of, like, Sonic Mania or, you know, things like Sonic... Like, Sonic Adventure was fine, but it didn't age very well. Mm. Um, things like, you know, like all those 3D Sonic games. Sonic uh, and know, the Black Knight. <laughs> uh, you know... So, the just, one where he's a werewolf. The one where he kisses a human woman. Oh, <laughs> Sonic 2006. <laughs> oh, man, just, just one... just giant misstep after another like in sonic generations kind of tried to bring it back didn't quite do it uh you know sonic, sonic 4 boom. sonic 4 tried to, to do you know a 2d sonic thing but just completely fucking shit the bed on that one mm. uh to the point oh, where it, you're being you're being too harsh on sonic 4 no i'm not, <laughs> uh, not like, no it was so <laughs> shitty <laughs> So to to be like apprehensive of Sonic Mania because like oh god not again, <laughs> uh, but seeing every video come out for it and uh, you know kind of just my my expectations going up a little more with every video and every everything that I saw uh, and to, to have it pay off in a way that is like great like it 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 not only takes the the classic Sonic stuff but also adds some great you know things to it as well. Uh, yeah, it was you like. Know, like there's, it was literally just one programmer did this, wasn't it? Um, well, Christian Whitehead, he, he worked on a lot of other Sonic projects for Sega. Uh, mm. Like, he ported, like, like, Sonic CD to iOS for them or whatever. And, you know, like, and the process there was that, like, he had to, he couldn't just port the game. He had to rebuild a lot of the stuff for it. So, like, oh, Sega wow. was impressed. With, yeah, so Sega was impressed with, like, what he was able to do with, with Sonic. Uh, and for some reason, he... <laughs> for somehow they were convinced he convinced them to do this and thank fucking god he did um <laughs> because man this that wasn't just one guy like it was like a couple of other smaller studios that kind of worked on like on like like fan games um but yeah like you know they've got your classic levels with like remix music but like the, the new stuff that they that they do as well is is really great like the music is just fantastic um just all of it just tough just a great experience um yeah just really gratifying and and re and just re reiterates like oh yeah Sonic was always good actually <laughs> thank you very much 
Like, I can't really do the justice that Joe just did, but yeah, it was a really refreshing reminder. Okay, this is why Sonic was great, and this this guy did a fantastic job of not only reminding us, but adding some new dynamics and mechanics to it. To yeah, like, it- even... Even to the classic levels, like the chemical zone, it's like you can like inject some crazy fluid into the blue chemicals, and all of a sudden it makes you bounce super heads. Like, what the fuck? Cool. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that. And uh, so, yeah, it was like a very refreshing surprise, and it got like quite a few high scores. Better scores than, uh, what was it, Sonic Revolution that came out? Um, wait, which one? The, the one that came after Sonic Mania? Oh, Sonic Forces, yeah. Sonic Force, thank you. Yeah, I believe it was getting better scores and it was just overall felt a little bit more beloved than Sonic Force did. Mm-hmm. But then uh, across the across the ring from it, we got uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, which, one, introduced some new protagonists, Chloe, Chloe Frazier and Nadine. Well, they're not new, but they well, are... Well, new protagonists, as in they're the ones you're controlling. Yeah. It's not Nathan Drake. So. <laughs> and so, and on top of that, they seem to experiment a little bit with, too. The, too this uh, DLC felt like it was them experimenting with the idea of turning Uncharted into an open-world-style game. And that's the thing, too, is that it started as DLC, but by the end of it, it's like, actually, it's a standalone thing. Yeah. Uh, that... <laughs> that they that they actually removed from the season pass uh, after they announced it, what it actually was. Uh, Thank you, Joe, for telling <laughs> me. Yeah, for <laughs> getting those codes. Um, it saved me but, 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like for something, yeah, for something that started out as, you know, DLC for Uncharted 4, uh, but ended up coming out as a $40 product, you know, standalone thing. Like, you know, it's kind of put in a weird spot where it's like, okay, like, obviously this is still Naughty Dog production, but, like, just how much did they actually put into it, you know, between the price point and, you know, at start as DLC, you kind of didn't really know. Um, so, you know, playing through it, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, like, this is actually, like, it's, you know, it's, it's got the same, you know, tri- a lot of the same tried and true and, like, uncharted gameplay where it's, like, you know, a lot of exploration, uh, I got this, you know, the gunplay and all that, but, like, it's, it's... It feels super fresh because, you know, you're not playing as Nathan Drake. You're playing as these two different women uh, who spend a lot of time talking shit about Nathan Drake, and it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It is, actually. (laughs) This is my favorite part of the game, actually, is just I want to know what they're going to say about Nathan Drake next. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the interplay between between the two as well, just like... Like, you know, Chloe's trying to talk strategy. It's like, all right, I'll come over from here. And then Nadine just charges in and just freaking mule kicks the enemies. Like, or we could do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's really smart, too, with, uh, because you mostly play as Chloe, if I remember correctly. Um, and But, like, either way, like, whichever character you're not playing as, um, you know, the other one is kind of off doing their own thing and being actually helpful. <laughs> like, actually taking out enemies or... You know, if you're in a room trying to solve a puzzle, they'll be like, oh, like maybe you should, oh, check this out, you know, or they'll grab stuff for you. Like things like that. It's like, oh, yeah, little things that make this like partner experience actually feel like two partners are going through a thing, uh, which I thought was really great. Mm. Oh, by the way, I will say that if you've ever played an Uncharted game and you love the puzzles and wish there was a little bit more, well, let me tell you, I've got the game for you right here because. It felt like the 
the puzzles were not only more plentiful this time around, but they were a little bit more involved too, which I actually enjoyed. Like there was actually some really challenging ones that I had to like sit back and like, okay, turn the wheel this way, which makes the axe go that way. It's like, (laughs) yeah, the shadow puzzle, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Fucking shadow puzzle. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there was some good stuff here and I actually enjoyed it. And I feel like, uh, it's a good, I good if you're, trying to plan out well what do we do now that nathan drake's retired hey chloe's right there and uh, (laughs) i feel like that it would be really really cool so i i enjoyed the heck out of it uh tyler how did you enjoy it i mean i hit on all the points that you guys hit on i I thought it was really fun i've always been an uncharted fan so when this came out i was like "Eh, give it a a try why not like i was kind of like how you said in the beginning i was like well you know dlc for most recent Uncharted. Let's see what they see what they can do. Um, kept me going with the the funny comments about Nathan Drake. Like it, I'm a sucker for witty like banter and witty dialogue from characters. So that was very very refreshing. And I don't know. I was really surprised by the puzzles. Like kind of like you said, like how good they were. Mm. Um, and how like there didn't seem to be as much like there was some gunplay and stuff. But I don't know. There seemed to be like a little bit more emphasis on puzzles and a little less emphasis on gunplay. Yeah, I mean, there were some fights here and there, but, yeah, it, it felt like the puzzles stood out a little bit more this time around, for sure. Yeah, and they were a little bit, I don't want to say better, but I don't know, they felt, I don't know, you felt more accomplished when you solved them, I guess. Uh, so I had a lot of I had a lot of fun with the game, and that was yeah. really cool. Um, like, I'm a big fan of Nathan Drake, but it was kind of refreshing to be playing as these other characters who we know are badass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like as and um, like I do love that open segment as well. Like it's that like open world might be like a, a bit generous because it's you know it's just this one thing where it's like all right, you've got these three things you got to do, and you and you're on the opposite parts of the map. Mm. Um, do them in whatever order you want. Like that's as open as it really gets. Um, but it's it's just different enough from you know the the regular Uncharted formula where it's like yeah, this is actually <laughs> yeah, this is actually really cool. This is a great deviation from from what. Uncharted usually is. All right. Because, because as much as I love you know, the Uncharted games, you know, like, they, they are a little formulaic, at, you know, at this point. Mm. They did. Um, their, their their story is really what keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. So it, it was great that they, you know, they, they treated this, you know, not just with different characters, by giving you different characters, but, like, giving you a different way to approach the story and, you know, kind of drive that story forward. I was like, all right, cool. This is actually really great. Like, I think I might have enjoyed it almost as much as I enjoyed Uncharted 4. Hey, well, wow. Nice. Wow, that's high praise. Huh? Yeah. I, especially, I really enjoyed Uncharted 4, which sad. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's get to the voting. Tyler, what do you, th- which, which, which way do you lean? I mean, I only played Uncharted. Uh, <laughs> like, Sonic sounds really cool. I've never been, like, a huge Sonic fan. I, I get that it's a, cool thing but i mean I, I feel like even if i'd played sonic mania i'd have gone with uncharted so so the one i feel like our fans are really interested in joe which way are you leaning on this one here <laughs> well it's actually closer than you might think even if with all my gushing about sonic mania i was about to say uh, this i going into <laughs> this i would have put money on one but uh <laughs> because i really did enjoy uncharted lost legacy like i like that like I really did take me by surprise because like like they're like between it starting as DLC and then becoming this forty dollar thing, um, like yeah, it's like I just don't know. Like I just don't know what what 
you know, what what Naughty Dog put into it and what I can get out of it. Uh, but ultimately, it's like, oh, yeah, this is actually really great. Um, but at the same time, yeah, Sonic Mania, is, I think, was just really great. <laughs> just just a beautiful love letter to, to, to something that I cared, that meant a lot to me, you know, growing up. Um, so ultimately, um, yeah, it's hard to overcome <laughs> the emotional, uh, the, the emotional, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. I love Sonic Mania. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. We've been recording for three hours. I don't know. <laughs> the words have literally escaped. So you're going with Sonic Mania? My vote is Sonic. All right. And... Not to go back and forth on this too much. I feel like we did a good job of explaining why both games were really, really fantastic. And while I did enjoy, really much enjoy the other, and it was it brought a smile to my face, I did enjoy Uncharted just a little bit more. Mm. So I'm sorry. I know this is going to break your heart, Joe, but there's going to be a it does few. Break heart- my heart. There's, there's going to be a few heartbreakers in this tournament. I have a feeling, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to side with Uncharted: Lost Legacy on this one. Well, damn. Yeah, I'm looking at the roundup, and there is literally going to be a heartbreak, I think, every match. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, it's going like, to be real hard. This is actually, this is going to be a slaughter, really. Like, people, like, it's just going to be bodies left and right. It's going to it's gonna get ugly. <laughs> yeah. On that joyous image, that does it for this week's episode <laughs> of hey, the... I'm a writer, so that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week's episode of the first firmware update. As we got our first rounds done out of the way, we'll be back with the next part to bring it down even closer. Tyler, before we begin, do you have anything you'd like to show? Sure. <laughs> uh, catch me on the Nerd Cult uh, podcast I do with my two friends, Josh Forster and Brock Parsons, where we talk about everything nerdy under the sun, uh, comic books, anime, manga, video games, Movies, TV shows, all that good stuff. That's at nerdcultpodcast.com. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash thenerdcult. And be on the lookout for two more podcasts that I'm going to be putting out very soon. No more details on those right now. (laughs) Apparently, I don't like having free time. (laughs) I hear that. And uh, by the way... If you like, thank you so much for joining us, Tyler. And folks, if you enjoyed what you're listening to, you can catch not only this podcast, but also Nerd Cult as well. If you got an Apple device, just go to that podcast app and uh, look either one up, Nerd Cult or the firmware update. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star written review. Really helps out the show. Or if you don't, you can find us on such, such apps such as Stitcher Radio or... Pocket Cast, which is one we highly recommend. You can also get us, at the very least, on the Podbeam app. app every single episode, hit that subscribe button. Once again, helps us out tremendously. We've also got a website, thefirmup.com. Tremendous. Joe maintains it and gets every episode up there if you just want to download a hard copy. You can also find us on Twitter, at PSML for me, at 123 for Joe, at the firm up for the show, and Tyler, what... Find me on Twitter at underscore Tyler R. Lee underscore. Wonderful. And Joe, is there anything else I'm forgetting? Uh, no, sir. Excellent. Folks, thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Adios. Later.